All right, what's up, guys? This is Inside the North Side coming to you from the studio. So I have a very special guest. This guy is... He, I just met him not that long ago, but already we have struck enough friendship. He has helped me out. He's had some, he's thrown some great artists my way on my podcast. I had to have him on. Uh, everybody, give a round of applause for Russell Reinhardt. Thank you. Thank you. I love the way you do this. You got everything queued up. I listened to your episodes, bro. Since I found you, I've been I've been checking all your stuff out. I appreciate, it. dude. How did you How did you find me in the first place? That's what I want to so. know. Uh, all right, so something that I do a part of flight concerts, my 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 company that uh, it, it's meant to be a not meant to be it's a touring based um, concert production company. Mm-hmm. So pre COVID, I was doing shows in Austin, Dallas, New Orleans, and I was I was moving around. Um, since COVID, kind of got hit to me, and I'm doing stuff more locally right now, and I'm trying to find venues because a lot of the venues that I was working with shut down during COVID unfortunately. So I'm looking for venues to work with again. So shout out anybody in any city anywhere. Hit me up. Um if you have a venue, <laughs> if you have a recommendation, let me know. Um so yeah I started doing stuff local again. But what I like to do um as a part of these shows that honestly like no other really promoter does and I'm not saying this to like toot my own horn. I've just done shows long enough that I think that this helps and I think that more people should do it. Um, I like to line up interviews, uh, for them. So like I look for podcasts that are such as yourself. And if I'm doing a show in Austin, I'll try to find people local out there. They're doing podcasts and stuff. But even if they're not like, I mean, zoom is a thing. Like there's a way to, I, I try to set up podcasts and radio interviews and I try to get, uh, blogs, vlogs, like whatever it is. Um, I reach out to a, a bunch and there's like certain people that I do go to uh, regularly now that I've like built relationships with. I'm going to be honest, you're at the top of my list now. Uh, you've been super cool. Nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, anytime I have shows, uh, I reach out to them. I'm like, Hey, I got these artists. Uh, if you're available, do it. If you guys do the show, uh, if you do the interview, then I'll throw you a couple of tickets to the show as well. Come check them out. Like just, it's a fun thing. Camaraderie, right? It, it, it helps the artists and I tell the artists as well, like when you do the interview, you don't just have to talk about the show, like talk about what else you got coming out. Like it all leads up into the show. Like I want, they do well, then I do well. Right. So like, yeah, I'm going to do it because I want everybody to, to prosper. And I like it when I get people such as yourself that are like, like-minded on that. And it's, it's a mutually beneficial thing. Um, so I do things like that. And then something else that I do for flight before every show, um, I do re- try to, reach out to um like larger headlining acts and it might be like a touring act something like that Mm -hmm. haven't done that since covid but um i will reach out to larger talent as well and then i get like the local talent to to open up for them and like i'm moving around there's actually a bigger concept behind flight that i'm working on building up to but um so the local talent though especially when i do like those local shows i try to have a meetup beforehand and it it does two different things one i have all of the artists and everybody that's involved in my dj as well shout out to uh dj infinite um nobel he uh, also does all of my flyers and he's like my go-to dj and like that's my boy um phenomenal with the flyers and the graphics and stuff by the way yeah, he's I, fucking I great sh- dude he's yeah. fucking great and he does motion flyers as well literally the best that i have seen at that and um very cool dude he does his own shows his own events i love him um, and he's a phenomenal DJ too. And he actually like recently got into, I'm so side segue, but yeah, he <laughs> recently got into DJing and he hit me up and he, uh, he hit me up post COVID and he was like, Hey man, I want to DJ too. And I was like, all right, bro, like I fuck with you. I'm going to 
I'm going to give you a shot at the DJ. No, he's good. Like, he's really he's good at DJing. He just started DJing? He just started DJing, bro. That's fucked. Yeah, no. Like, he brings the vibes. Like, he he, <laughs> know, he looks into every show. So, like, I do different genres. I don't just do hip-hop and R&B mm-hmm. and stuff. That is what I'm mostly into. But I've done punk rock. I've done indie. I've done reggae. I've done, like, bro, I've done fashion shows in the past. I've done, like, you name it. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to do fashion again. That's a whole other story. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, no, like he, he does the research for the shows ahead of time. And he, if he's, it's, if it's a genre he's not familiar with, like he'll do the research, he'll figure it out. And he brings the vibes, um, all the way back to what I like to do with flight. So bringing the artist, the DJ, everybody, I like to have a meetup with them. We'll get additional promo material. So I already have the flyers done at this point. And then we'll get uh, shout out to my partner, uh, Eric with Enfilmus. He's a, um, photographer, videographer, uh, mostly videography. And so he pulls up, he's my 50, 50 partner in flight. Actually, he's the other half of it, but the silent side that you guys don't see a lot. So if you see somebody at one of my shows, that's like recording the whole thing, that's him. Um, so he, um, he'll, he'll pull up and like, we'll get a shout out. Like, so each of them will do a shout out and each, we'll get a few photos, just additional promo. And like, I give it to him. I don't even brand the photos or anything like that. They can use it for whatever they want. So some of the artists that I work with, they're like, well, I just actually don't have any, many good headshots or whatever. Cool. Use these. Um, these will work for you on, on whatever you need. Um, a lot of them do have all that already together, but like if they don't, here you go. So we get additional promo material, but the second thing that it does, I think is more important is it allows them to all meet each other before the show. A lot of the people that I work with, it's a circle as, as like you, I've heard you talk about it as well. Um, when you're in a band and you're in these scenes, you end up knowing the promoters that are in the same scenes and the genres and all the other bands and stuff. So um, a lot of them do know each other, but I definitely, I try to, when I book, I try to book artists that are at least similar enough that the crowd that they're bringing out will feed off each other and be into each one of the other acts so that they can all feed off of each other's crowd and they can all grow and get some uh, decent exposure yeah. and it benefits all of them. Um, but I try to book them far enough apart from each other that they're not bringing out they're not marketing to the same demographic. They don't have the same fans that are coming out. So I'm very particular when I'm doing my shows. I'm like, okay, well, I see you. You're really cool. Um, but I know you're like super homies with this other person. Y'all are basically selling to the same crowd. I love you both, but I'm not going to put you on the same show. I'll work with one of you for now. And then the other one I'll, I'll bring on another show later, which is however it ends up working out. Um, so because I do stuff like that, they tend to be sometimes not in the same circles, mm-hmm. so they don't know each other. And I'm sure you've been to a show where you're about to perform with another band and y'all are just looking at each other and you're like, what, what what's up <laughs> with these guys? Are you, y'all think y'all are cool? Y'all think yeah. y'all are cool? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, no, no, no. Let's squash all that ahead of time. Y'all are going to meet each other. We're going to hug. We're going to have a good time. Um, I, I, do, I give them a rundown of what to expect the day of because I'm no shade to any other promoters and stuff out there, but um, I'm very on my shit and I I want if you if it's a hip hop show like you have to drop your tracks on a Google Drive ahead of time my DJ has to be able to check that before like I don't want anybody coming in being like oh this is messed up this is me-. no 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 we're going to have everything set up so that you come in you sound check and you sound check not rehearse you sound check you do your thing and we're ready for the show mm-hmm. so very particular about how all that runs that comes from my background and stuff um all I do is concerts so 
Um, so yeah, so get get those like weird jitters and stuff, and then everybody knows each other. And then when they see each other day of at the show, it's not some like weird stuff. They're like, oh yo, what's up? Like, hey, it's homie shit, right? So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I ran no, it's 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 perfectly fine. I think we we caught a good <laughs> thirty minutes within a couple minutes, but um, but no, no, dude. So like when you hit me up, I had our. I, I don't know if you had messaged me before or somebody else did, but somebody met, but you messaged me. I was sitting in a, I was doing a drug test and I was like, <laughs> yeah, a weird rent. Uh, it was for work. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, dick in hand. You're what? <laughs> who's this? <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know if you were fake. I didn't know if you were a bot yeah, or whatever, no, I get you. but I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll see where this goes. And then, I mean, here we are now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's really, it's really a blessing because for a long time I was like, man, I wish I was back in the music scene. I miss playing shows. I miss doing that. Mm-hmm. So in order yeah, to yeah. cope with that, I have artists on, mm-hmm. and then now like I no, met you now, and you know, and it's just like it's kind of bringing a lot of things together. Before before we we hopped on this, you need to shout yourself out. You got a show coming up, bro. Are you I'll have, to I'll, I'll, not yet. I'll probably let him know a little bit later. A little bit later, but okay. I, I, I can I can talk about who's playing. So, uh, so you, in a couple weeks, okay. so in a couple weeks, uh, Janex, she's yeah. been on the show before. She's having a show at Warehouse Live, June tenth. That's big. Rena's, uh, Rachel. I don't know who I forget. I think that's her full name, Rachel. They're supposed to be playing a show, like I said, at Warehouse Live, June tenth. Uh, there's going to be a very special guest. Can't really say who it is, but if you guys want to go, buy your tickets online, check for her, go to Warehouse Live, see if you can find the tickets, and go. I mean, it's it's fairly cheap, so. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, there's a special guest that you might not, like, expect to see, expect to see so. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, dude, so. Um, exciting. Very exciting. So, any, so, your background. So, pretty much born and raised here in Houston, correct? No, actually. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Finally. <laughs> Finally, we got somebody who's not born and raised here. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was raised mostly here, um, mm-hmm. but no, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. And um, my parents actually divorced when I was, like, before I turned one. Okay. Uh, a relationship that basically shouldn't have happened type deal. Um, my dad moved uh, to Wyoming. And to a very small town in Wyoming, um, it's in a valley called Star Valley. The town itself is called Grover. Star Valley itself is made up of about five towns. Um, total population of all of Star Valley is, I want to say, a couple thousand or so. Okay. Uh, Grover, Wyoming itself is a hundred and like thirty-seven. Wow. So when I say the sticks, like the sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my dad lives in Wyoming and I, um, I did a lot of back and forth between Wyoming and here. So, um, for the most part I was here in Houston, uh, grew up within like if, if Houstonians know like Pershing middle school, I actually went to Pin Oak as well. I bounced around between, uh, moved around a lot. So I ended up at different schools a lot. Um, but like within the loop. Um, so an inner city kid for the most part. Um, and then, I got two very, very different. Um, I, I took it for granted when I was younger. I didn't realize, and it is a large part of like why I am the way I am now. But mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize that I was getting to see like city life, and then I would go out to my dad's, and I was getting like country life. Like I would spend weeks on end. So one of my dad's best friends owns like ranch uh, and stuff out there, and um, not. I don't know if I can call it fully a ranch, but he has a lot of properties, got cows, 
we have to um, herd the cattle from certain parts of the land through the mountains uh, into like other parts. So I literally grew up at times spending like weeks on end in a cabin, no electricity, no running water. There's a stream next to us and hopping on a four wheeler to herd cattle through the mountains over rivers and other parts of land. And like I did a lot of ranch work and um, like fixing fences. I hated it. So when I was spending time out there, like people would always ask me, this is like before cell phones and stuff, right? So like I, they would, my mom would get me one of those, uh, the disposable cameras. Polaroids, yeah. Yeah, you know, t- take pictures while you're out there and all this. And like my brothers and sisters take pictures. I'm like, why? I'm working. This sucks. I'm, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm like young, right? So like my dad is old school. Yeah. Um, part of the reason why I have like the working mentality that I have now, but like, yeah, no, I was up at five o'clock in the morning. I was doing that. Uh, my dad also ended up uh, owning a construction business. So my time was split between working on the ranch stuff, uh, doing a lot of yard and housework, and working construction for my dad. Um, it sucked. Like, <laughs> it, it was not cool. Um, and But looking back on it now, it's like, damn, like, yeah, no, I, I heard cattle. I know how to fix fences. I've built houses from the ground up. Like, um I, I definitely, Dad, if you're listening, I, I do appreciate that stuff. I, I hated it at the time. You were hard on me. It sucked, but um, it definitely instilled like a work ethic within me that I wouldn't have gotten any other way. So, you guys listening to this? Because this is barely just a little bit of what this guy does or who this guy is. This guy, this guy here. Yeah, at, at the end of this episode, you're gonna be like, "Damn, this no, guy no. is this guy's a Marvel superhero." No, 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 no. I ain't like that. Um, no, it's just yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting stuff. I, I definitely, yeah, as I said, I took it for granted when I was younger, but it's um, skills that I now have. And it, it's interesting. I need to go back out. He still lives out there. Um, I, I need to go back and, and see him. I don't go as much as I used to. So, so coming back and forth from Wyoming to Houston, mm-hmm. I guess that's. I mean, how was that? Like, I mean, you had to adjust pretty quickly to like, okay, well, I'm not back on the ranch anymore. Right? I don't have to wake up at five o'clock. I can sleep in. Like, there's, how was it? Like, I mean, for you, there's. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, but like not get too personal into it. Mm-hmm. Sucked. Um, like I said, my parents uh, not very great together. So there were things that my dad was purposely trying to teach me. He was hard on me for a reason. Um, I don't. We had a conversation about it. I don't fully agree with like why and how that all turned out, but I understand that it was out of love and that um, like I understand where he was coming from. So. It was, um, my, my mom and my dad are very, very, very different on, on opposite ends of the spectrum of like how to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is, I, I feel like I learned a lot more like love and compassion from her. My mom is always very accepting. Uh, I was actually also raised, um, LDS Mormon. If, uh, anybody knows what that is. Um, Latter-day Saints. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, what's up? Um, so I was raised, I left the church, um, when I was like in my teens, but Mm -hmm. essentially, but yeah, I was raised with that background, but like my mom is, is a somber person, like very loving and accepting and, um, very much against, uh, like beating your children or or anything like that. My dad is like, no, you're about to learn. So, (laughs) um, he would, he would, I will say that he never like beat me, beat me, but like he, uh, the work was, was the beating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely put me to work. It was just, it was very different. Um, and growing up, it was, uh, it was rough. I, honestly, going out to my dad's, like I, I didn't, I didn't look forward to it. I, I looked forward to like seeing family out there. 
Um, and I look forward because like it, it is cool. Like I, I grew up on four wheelers. I grew up in the mountains. Like I, there are things that I, I love about that and things that I'd like uh, that I would be excited for um, my sisters and my brothers and seeing them because I have siblings on both sides. Uh, I've actually got 10 brothers and sisters and they're halves, but I got five on my mom's side, five on my dad's side. Um, so I didn't get to always see my dad's side as much as my mom's because I was mostly with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was things I looked forward to and stuff, but like, yeah, getting into that mentality of like going to Wyoming, I was like, not looking forward to it, man. I was definitely not looking forward to it. It was, it was some rough stuff. And then when I couldn't wait to get back to the city life, bro, like I'm talking not even just the work ethic of stuff. My dad's town, Star Valley is so small. Like recently they've changed. They've grown a little bit. They now have like a knockoff Walmart. It's mm-hmm. not a Walmart, but it's like a knockoff Walmart and they sell off knockoff stuff. Um, but they didn't have an electronic shop. The only electronic shops that they had was a radio shack and they sold cowboy boots at the radio shack. They're, wow. yeah, they're, um, they only had one movie theater and it had one screen in it. And because it was a, it was a majority like Mormon area, mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't play anything over PG 13 and they would only have two showings a day, um, on the weekends. So like you wouldn't like if you wanted, like if a movie was coming out during the summer or something like that, where most of the good movies, like if I really wanted to see something, um, I would have to be lucky enough to go to Jackson hole, which was like three it's two and a half three hours away from from grover and where my dad's at Mm -hmm. um to go see like movies and like in a normal city or whatever um now they have a movie theater that has two screens and a bowling alley so like hey they're coming up they're coming up (laughs) um yeah it was just it's a it's a whole different lifestyle man like it's it's the the stuff that the kids do for fun out there is building derby cars and at the, they have a fair once a year in July and like they would crash the derby cars into each other. They would do um, what's called sledding. So if you guys are familiar with snowmobiling, the correct term for that sledding uh, for the, my Texan people who don't know. Um, so like I had friends that like did that and became semi-pro and pro um, out there. And um, a lot of time, like I, I, I was in scouts and stuff and they have something called high adventure when you get older. Um, and that's, going out on treks for like a week or whatever. So mm-hmm. I would hike in for a week into the mountains, like deep into the mountains. And I've seen some crazy beautiful stuff, um, going deep into those mountains and staying out there for like a week and, um, trekking in for days and then camping out for days and coming back and, um, yeah, this is, this is ups and downs, man. But then in the city, it's, I, I now I feel like I need some type of balance between the two. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like Denver sounds great. Like, I got the city and I got the mountains. Like, I don't know. Like, my sister lives in Denver. I have a sister who lives in Denver. Like, I would love to go live there because that's like the best of both worlds. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's just different. I'm just rambling. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's perfectly fine, dude. I mean. At least you're speaking. Some people, when they come on, they're kind of, like, nervous to speak. But, I mean, like I said, we're just, within a short amount of time that we've known each other, we're very comfortable around each other. Oh, so, yeah. No. So, that's that's Because I listen to you, and I've, I've heard what you got. So, so I'm, I'm uh, going to give you more, right? Yeah, yeah. more. <laughs> uh, okay, so, growing up, what kind of, like, I guess, what kind of stuff were you into growing up? Like, uh, essentially, like I said, essentially, you had your Wyoming life, but, like, when you were here in the city... You know, like, what kind of stuff were you into? Were you, like, growing up? Were you video into, like, games. video games, movies, yeah. kind of stuff? Like, what was your favorite stuff growing up? Video games, comics, and manga, uh, anime. Um, huge to this day and all of that. Uh, I've never really been into sports. 
I like going to games. I like playing sports, but I, I will not watch that shit on TV. Like mm-hmm. it's it's boring as all hell to me. I did play soccer um, growing up. Uh, when in, in high school, I boxed a little bit. Like I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't enjoy watching. Um, I do enjoy reading my comics. I enjoy like I have very large collection. Shout out my my podcast, Comic Cave Podcast. You guys go definitely go check that out with my co-host, my um, hetero life mate Chris. Um, yeah, yeah, Jay and Silent Bob, shout out, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that was that was a big part. Like, I did video games. I fell off of video games as I got a little bit older. I got a little bit bored and got more into music as well as I started getting a little bit older. But actually, like, when I was younger, younger, I wasn't super into music. Um, that came a little bit later. Um, so it's a little bit wild that I'm on, like, the career path that I'm on now. Yeah. But, no, nah, it was definitely comics, bro. Comics, manga, anime. I was fortunate enough to have friends that put me onto anime, like, late 90s um but like ahead of the curve like before like now manga outsells american comics and this is the first i think last year the year before was the first year that american comics have been outsold by um by like a foreign competitor uh and by a lot so i think it's last year specifically uh to put it into perspective manga is this much more popular than american comics right now yeah y'all love the mcu Nah, manga. <laughs> uh, so the top two manga right now are, um, and manga is you know the comic form, not the anime is the animation. Um, so the comic form manga or manga, however you want to pronounce it, I ain't gonna hate on you. Um, uh, the top two right now are like My Hero Academia and Demon Slayer. So okay, okay, yeah. To yeah. put it into perspective, My Hero Academia outsold um, um, all all of American comics, not just like one or two, all combined. I think it was by like 15% Demon Slayer outsold My Hero Academia by 25%. So, yeah, the market is like not 25%, like 25 times. So 15 times and 25 times the amount. So, yeah, no, nah, like manga is ridiculously popular right now. And there's this 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 guy I listen to, he's into comics, he has his own comic book I think coming out. But he's always said like manga has been outselling like American comics for like a, a, for a good while now. And I, I my opinion, I mean not from I mean, a good while, it within the past like 3 years or so. Yeah, yeah. it can take a good while. Yeah. Um but I think I know why. I mean just it's I think comic books nowadays is they're just not as good as they used to be because there's just so many changes and so many different storylines with like MC, I mean with Marvel and DC and stuff like that. I mean, what do you think? Okay. So there's, there's factors to it. Um, there's a number of factors and, and some people might disagree with me, but from my perspective, what I've seen and like, I have nieces and nephews into it and I've asked them their opinion and like what, what they're into. Um, one, American comics, the the big two, Marvel and DC, have gotten a lot more political in mm-hmm. how how they strategize their comics. Um, they are appealing to people that don't buy comics, but will they'll cosplay and they'll they'll watch the film and they'll tweet about it and they'll get really excited behind the content, but they won't actually buy a physical comic. Um, and so th- when I say that, they're like they're, they're like. So they're doing a lot of like trans stuff and gender swapping and race swapping. And they're like, oh, look at Superboy or the new Superman. He's now gay. And like they're, they're doing all these things. And 
I've even talked to like some of my gay friends and uh, in the gay community and trans friends within the trans community that are also actually into comics and they're like that's like yes they want representation but like not in that way mm-hmm. it's almost like um it, it, they're doing it because they think that it'll sell they're doing it for the clout they're it's not like baiting right much, and, yeah. and they're not <sighs> representation is great but don't sacrifice the story to do it their selling point is the fact that the character is gay and that's almost like a slap in the face i feel to the community because it's like don't you want your own character that got popular because of like who they are and like everything else they do like just because you're gay that doesn't define you just because you're trans like that doesn't define you as a person right Mm -hmm. like but they're trying to sell it as if that's defining of that character and that's that's I feel, and I, I understand straight white man, but like, I feel it's, it's, it's insulting. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's your opinion and it's, right. it's kind of the truth. I mean, I agree with that, that, I mean, I see this and it's like, I mean, with, um, who can I think of, uh, of a character that Marvel's done, you know, I mean, there's tons of them, but right. like, I mean, they'll exploit, pretty much exploiting the character, right. changing them, gender swapping, race swapping, making them trans, making them bi, making right. them, you know, whatever yes. to fit in with like you said, the culture that it's not really What's, buying comics, but in a way it's like, like you said, why are you sacrificing that? The story, the why story. When you, why can't you just come up with the, a character that will be a good representation? Not even just for, come you know? up with a character. There are characters that are already super dope. Ice, Iceman is gay. Like, Iceman is gay. He's I mean, actually one that like became gay, but like, okay. So like Hulkling, Hulkling and Wiccan. So, mm-hmm. uh, the, the sun, one of the sons of um, Scarlet Witch is Wiccan. And Hulkling, uh, which is a Cree... Okay, I'm not going to get into all the history of it. <laughs> Basically, they're gay. They, yes. they have a relationship together. And they, they were already gay. So, like, why don't you guys invest in the characters that are already gay? Why are you changing up some of these other... I know the answer. We all know the answer. It's because mm-hmm. these more popular characters, you, you think that they're going to sell over these other characters. But it doesn't have to be like that. Like they've they've proven the MCU has proven with the characters. Like nobody cared about Iron Man before the MCU. Nobody cared about Guardians of the Galaxy before the MCU, right? So you guys have proven that you can take a minority character and make it or a character that nobody really cares about and make it popular. So why aren't you investing in these other actual already minority characters and making them popular? You already have the characters. You already have the layout. Use them. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to do that. They want to make they want to make Superman gay. They want to make like some yeah. It just it doesn't. It's it's a turn off to the fact to the, the to the people that have been reading comics since the early times, like mm-hmm. since before all this. Um, and then now for like the younger kids, even when I'm talking to my nieces and nephews, like just a cool thing. This is the two part factor. A cool thing about like manga and anime is one they're not focused on that stuff they might they have gay characters they have trans characters and stuff but that doesn't define the story they're not making the story around that they're just making like the characters happens to be gay the character happens to be trans and that's more inspiring but the other side of it is uh now because of like the mcu it's it's daunting to like Mm -hmm. pick up a marvel comic because you're like what do all do I have to read? Oh, I need to know Civil War. Oh, I need to know the Infinity Story. Oh, I need to know. Now we got the incursions happening. Oh, what's going on with uh, Secret Wars? Right, like so, like, like that might be the next thing. So, like, oh, I, I gotta go read all this stuff. It's daunting. There's like, it's, it's no end, right? So the kids get attracted to these stories that like have a definitive beginning and have a def- unlike One Piece, but have a definitive <laughs> beginning and have a definitive <laughs> ending, right? So it's just it's easier for them to get into. It's easier for them to like follow and like they don't have to like pick up on all the side stories and stuff. I will say that 
for American comics, um, I do think it's like that Amazon is doing a, a really good part to like put um, a, a shine on some of the third party publishing companies. So Image would be arguably like that we say the top two image would be arguably like the top three, mm-hmm. but image is an independent publishing company. Technically um, they allow the writers to own their own creations. Whereas like Marvel and DC, they contracted out. So like if you write a character, Marvel or DC owns that character. Whereas with image, you write a character, you own that character. So you have stories uh, like Invincible, which is an image story, and that's really popular. The Walking Dead, that's an mm-hmm. image story. That's really popular. Both done by the same uh, creator. My mind's going to go blank on me right now. Dan, no, that's not right. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Everybody's going to get really Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, But he wrote both of those. So, Which Invincible is a great TV show. Right, exactly. So like, um, so they're shining a light on those, but then you have uh, The Boys. I'm pretty sure that's Boom Studios. It's another third-party publisher. Um, what I'm really enjoying right now, I'm reading. Um, so there are good American comics, guys. Go pick them up and go support. I mean, read manga too. I love manga. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love manga. <laughs> but um, no, nah, so uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, he's come up with his own comic. Okay. Uh, and it's being released through Boom Studios as well. And it's called Berserker. Uh, B-R-Z-K-R. Berserker. B-R-Z-R-K-R. There we go. Um and it's like it's based off of Keanu Reeves, like it's Keanu Reeves and the comic, but like the story, like so I picked up the first issue just because I was like, is Keanu Reeves like it might be worth something in the future just because it's Keanu Reeves and his name's on it, and it's like right around the time that uh, that video game came out. Why is my mind going blank on me? Um, you know what video game I'm talking about, right? Which one? Uh, the Keanu Reeves video game. Um, uh, that futuristic. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, um, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. So like it's, it came out like right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, all right, man, I'm going to pick it up just because like whatever. It may be worth something. It might not. I don't really care. I like collecting stuff. But I read that first issue. It is amazing. There are now, I think we're nine issues in. Bro, that, that comic has me so captivated. They're already signed up to have an animated series coming out for it. And I think a movie too. Um, and yeah, it's just because account is named uh, like tied to it. But like, it's a really fucking good story. Um, it's like, I'm going to summarize it. And I ain't going to get too much into this, but like basically it, in my opinion, it's like, if you guys are, are you familiar with Vandal Savage? Yes. Okay. So Vandal Savage, for those that aren't familiar, uh, basically from the caveman times, he comes, stumbles across a rock, uh, upon a rock. Um, I don't want to say like enhances evolution for him, but like he's now immortal, uh, smart, cool. So it's like him mixed with like Wolverine. Like okay. there's like a healing factor. Um, so the main character, uh, Keanu's character is like from the beginning of time, basically not beginning of time, but like beginning of the earth, essentially like early mankind caveman mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he's basically a demigod. So it's also a little bit of Hercules mixed in there and, uh, he can't die. He's got some super strength and like, it's about his, uh, like he, we were finding out more about his past, um, but he's in the current times right now. It's just super compelling. Like, it's just a really good story. Like, I highly recommend Berserker. Go read it. I have it. to check that out. I have to check that out. I have them. I will let you borrow them. Just don't dirty them. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, since we're talking about comics, top five favorite Marvel DC characters. Marvel and DC specifically? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can pick like five Marvel and five DC. I mean, who are your favorites? Uh, so, 
top of the list. Um, Batman has been, I know it's cliche to say, but like, no, that, that's been my favorite character since I was, I was little, like since I can remember, I cosplayed as, or at one at, during Halloween, like I went as Batman, like my mom made my costume for me. Like I have actually some pictures of it on my social media. Um, but Batman was just for some reason, always my favorite. Um, and then, uh, early two thousands, the static shock show came out. Mm-hmm. And I was gravitated to Static because uh, I'm super into. I'll throw my other one out there, um, Peter Parker, Spider Man. I'm super into Spider Man, and um, so Static is like he's lo- not loosely. He's like based off of Spider Man. Essentially, it's a similar concept. He's a geeky kid in high school, and he gets his superpowers, and it's balancing. Oh, I want to date a girl, but oh, I gotta go do that. Like right, so. After seeing that show, um, I actually went back and I've read like the entire original run. Uh, I read the new 50. I didn't read all of the new 52 run, I'm going to be honest. But I read most of the new 52 run. And then now there's a new run that they finally uh, re-released. It's through uh, Milestone Comics, which has a partnership. And they're not owned, but they have a partnership with DC. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's super cool. Um, So, like, yeah, Static, Virgil Hawkins, love them. Um, So, Batman, Static, Spider-Man. Can I just give you five? Cause yeah, just give me five. It's fine. Um, all right. Who else I love? Uh, I'm going to have to go with my boy Wally West, Flash. Um, and, like, right now... Uh, no, but that's not in Marvel or DC. My bad. Uh, I'm reading a lot of, like, third-party stuff at the well, moment. Either, I mean, you could throw them in there, too. Who cares? Berserker, bro. <laughs> like, Berserker is fucking dope. Like, it's, it's so good. Um I mean, I mean, there's so many like good ones. If you haven't read Invincible, you should definitely go back and like read. It's long, but like read some Invincible. Um, Saga is another really good comic. It's not a superhero thing, but it's done put out by Image. Um, Saga is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I can I can probably keep going, but let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's just go with that. My favorite, of course, mine's a Spider-Man. It's always been. I don't. I think it's just been like ever since like the movie came out, and even when the cartoon series. Mm-hmm. I just was the so, original animated series is great. I just always gravitated toward him. I think I just felt. I, I mean, we all felt like similar to Peter Parker. We all right. felt like that geeky kid, and then you know, just it's it's a relatable character. Um, and there was an interesting. I almost handed you my drink. <laughs> It was an interesting debate that I had with my boy uh, Chris mm-hmm. in Comic Cave. Um, like, should you relate to, to superheroes? Should you relate to those characters? And I think yes. Like, there, there's things to relate to just because you don't have like the powers. Like, there's aspects that you want to look up to. I mean, even like Superman. I mean, Superman's pretty much a god, and I, right. I kind of relate to him. Like him just being two different kinds of people, and like right. nobody ever notices him because he's Clark Kent. But when he takes up the glasses and Superman. Right. Everybody loves him, so it's like I, I relate to Superman, and I. So, you, so you, on the outside you're Ulysses, but on the inside you're inside the Northside podcast, and like everybody all of a sudden loves you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. So, you said Batman. I was telling you Saturday about this this podcast that's uh, Spotify. It's called Batman Unburied. Mm. It's really good. Yeah, I need to check it out. I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, so pretty much, I I, I won't give you the. It, it's something different. It's really something different. Like, when you first listen to the first couple episodes, you're kind of thrown off. You're like, what the fuck's going on? It's like, I, what? And then, like, maybe episode five and episode six starts, everything starts piecing together. And mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, fuck. Like, it's so good. It's really, really good. So, I highly suggest anybody check out Batman Unburied. It's really I need good. I to write that down. I'm, I'm really bad. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so bad. If I don't, like, write it down, then I'll forget but I mean, I like Batman. I just think 
I just don't like the. I mean, that's the cash cow of, of DC, and it's like it is. It's it sucks, kind of how it became that, but like it's also understandable. Like he is, he's a human amongst gods. Like it's kind of hard to not love him. Like <laughs> right, like yeah. yeah, it's like the new Batman movie was really great too. That movie was amazing. It, it really was, and I don't even mean to be on the hype train about it. Like normally, I'm I'm the first one to say if something sucks, especially if it's something that's like messing up some, my childhood, something I loved, but. No, like it was, it was really good. Um, uh, Reeves, Matt Reeves. Um, are you familiar with like the background on that? Uh, the movie or him as, as the him director? making the movie? Kind of somewhat. I remember somewhat of some of the stuff. So just to summarize, and this is just the stuff that I love. Um, it's just so cool. So the part of the reason why they were like why it is as accurate as it is, and like some of the references that he has in there. While Matt Reeves was in college, the reason why he started getting into films and doing what he did is because his professor was Jeff Loeb, who is a writer for DC and mm-hmm. wrote a lot of Batman content. So it just like he's uh, it just the way that it all fits together and like you can see it in the film and you're just like and I have friends that are actually not fans of the movie and I'm just like what right like dude I'm gonna say this I fell asleep during Doctor Strange and I stayed wide awake for. For the Batman, bro. Yeah, no. I had see. Okay, I got bored during um, uh, Endgame. People love Endgame. I was. I'm sorry. I was bored with Endgame. The movies. It didn't suck. It didn't suck. It was good. But like, it. it you think it maybe? Me. You it think just, maybe because it was just like we had like that so much time in between where it's like uh, okay. It just I don't know all the all the build up and like going back and like finding the Infinity Stones again. I, I don't know, bro. I was just so bored with it. I was just like, all right, let's get to the point. Like we know. We know what y'all are doing. Like, let's just mm-hmm. get there already. Like, I don't. It was boring to me. But like Batman, from the start of the film, like his voiceover, I was like, "That's <laughs> Batman!" Like, oh my god, the way he came out of the shadows, uh, the speculation, like it's not confirmed, but I'm pretty sure when he hit himself at the end. Spoilers, by the way. I gotta say spoilers. I think it's, it's already been enough time between if you haven't. Cool. Seen it. So he hits himself and I'm pretty sure it was Venom, bro. And like everybody's like, oh yeah, no, it might be uh, uh, just some adrenaline or whatever. No, that was like Venom. Like just all the little stuff throughout the film, all the nods. We've gotten a lot of long Halloween and like live action. We didn't need necessarily as much as we got, but like mm-hmm. it was done well. There was literally scenes that were like pulled from the comics, like Selena Kyle uh, being the daughter of uh, not, not, is it Fal- not Falcon? Why is my mind going to go? Uh, Maroni? Falcon. Maroni. See, now I'm being, a pound, I'm being a bad fan. Falcone. Right now. <laughs> it is Falcone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, being a daughter, like, that's directly from the comics. I, I have issues with that film still. Um, and you guys can go check out uh, Comic K Podcast Review to find out why I have issues with that film. Boom. I'm get into it here. There you can go plug that. <laughs> but I do have issues with that film. There, there are some things that, like, um, Take me aback, and I'm like, uh, I don't really like that. yeah, man, I agree. Good. There's some things yeah. that could have been cut out, just a couple of things here and there, but that are just, um, I don't know, to give people like a hint. Like, there, there were some things done wrong with the Riddler. But, but my, <laughs> when I went to see the movie with my girlfriend, she didn't like the opening scene. It's the best part. That's you the can, best part. You can argue with her. She told that to everybody. She asked that to everybody. The opening scene where it's just like the Riddler, just like. Like I, I, th- I thought it was like this is creepy, but like right. it's so good though because yeah. it's like you're seeing a, you're you're in his point of view, right? Watching what he's doing, you don't know what the fuck he's doing, and then just like well, boom, the movie it, starts. It's also meant to be. I I feel like it's meant to be like um, 
like a bait and switch because like you see the child and you're like oh man is this a flashback is this bruce are they about to go see zoro like is this mm-hmm. are we getting another origin but no it was it was like a kind of a little bait and switch and it was like a nod and a bait and switch at the same time yeah so i yeah no i really enjoyed that but then i don't know it really it amped up for me the moment that i heard like the dialogue and the voiceover of bruce wayne and i'm not gonna lie i was worried about um about why is my mind going blank on his name Patterson mm-hmm. I was worried about him playing the role because like leading up to it he was talking about like he didn't want to work out for the role I'm like dude you're playing a mortal man that fights fucking gods you're gonna be buff like yeah. it's just logical like you're gonna have to work out for this role it makes no sense if you're scrawny but the way that they did it like it looked right it was still pulled off to me I feel like he could have been a little bulkier but like it worked. It, maybe, it definitely maybe, worked. Maybe the part two. And the way that he, he did the voice. That's the, that's the other thing. I love that they they left room. And this is why some of my other friends like didn't like the film. They're like, no, I want to, we're in year two. I want to see a more established. No, I don't want to see a more established Batman. I like, even though I know this story a million times over, like I like character development. I love story arcs. I love world building, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I read comics and stuff. I love most people who read comics stuff is world building and character development. Love that stuff. So yeah, I want to see a Batman struggle. I want to see him like fuck up. Like he, he fucked up in this film multiple times. I think it was done on purpose. It was yeah. it was done to show that like he's not perfect yet. He's not the Batman. Like he's getting there, but he's not the Batman. Despite the name, mm-hmm. there's room for improvement. So I'm like, I, I love that. I can't wait to see them improve. Now, if they do another film and he doesn't improve, then I'm gonna be mad. But he needs to, yeah there's room for improvement as long as Matt Reeves is in control of it I think I think he has an idea of like the move right. and improvement like I hope they don't do a trilogy I hope they do like a saga where it's mm. like a good number of series of Batmans where it's different I like dude I'm tired I'm so fucking tired of the Joker like I get that's his like main dude but like right. I want to see other characters oh, no. you know but almost everybody out of DC is a Batman villain like yeah no there's so many other people there are so many other people that, that we could obviously you got we Clayface you got all these characters see you know what's up um, the ventriloquist right or, or Mad Hatter right we could do we get even like alright so we've gotten like um, uh, Vic, uh, oh, man why is my, Victor Zaz there we go so we've gotten like Gotham has thrown us like some interesting like characters and stuff that we could have that we can build off of, um, but we have not gotten a, an, an appropriate Bane in my opinion yet. Oh no, we haven't. I hate Tom Hardy's Bane. Yes, I do too. It is, it is grotesque, and I'm so mad that now like the Harley Quinn show is taking from that. The Batman Lego series uh, from the movies and stuff is now mimicking that voice. I hate. Tom Hardy's Bane. I love Tom Hardy. Nobody likes your voice. Bro, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I fucking hate it, bro. Like, it's not... It, he said that he he actually looked up, like, some luchadors and, like, he he tried to... Uh, he, he modeled his voice off of, like, some, some actual Spanish shit. I'm like, bro, I've never heard any Spanish person with that fucking... Hispanic, Latin, like, whatever. I've never heard that accent before. I don't know Neither where... Neither have I. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm Latino. You're Latino, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've never heard this. Like, this is... Bane is one of my favorite villains. If you were going to ask me, like you asked me my favorite heroes, Bane is one of my favorite villains. He's an underrated villain. Like, I don't know. We don't need to get into all of this. Right he's, now, he's somebody that can go toe to toe with Batman. Bro. And he has like his introduction within Nightfall. Like he broke the bat and he didn't. This is what a lot of people mis, mistranslate with him. They think that, oh, he's just like a big bulky, like strong, swole no. guy. Right. And he's not been him. No, he's intelligent. He's one of the most intelligent villains that he has. Like the dude. 
part of the way that he beat Batman in Nightfall, I have read the entire thing, Nightfall, Night Quest, all of it. So um, part of the way that he beat Batman was uh, he released the villain, uh, all the villains from Arkham. Batman had already come off of like another really long like adventure. He was already worn down. And then like that same night, all the villains were released from Arkham. So Batman had to go round up all these villains. He had to get Zaz. He had to get Mad Hatter. Like he had to go through. So he was already super fucking tired. And then he had to go round them up and he was getting sick. Bane waited to break him after he was already emotionally, mentally, and physically worn down. Like, Bane set it up so that Batman was going to be tested on every level that he possibly could before he picked him up in front of an entire city on the roof of a building and broke his back and threw him down, down to the people to let the people see that he just destroyed the Batman and Gotham was his. I loved it. So, (laughs) I have a buddy of mine... um uh, Gray, Ray's listening to a shout out. He cosplays and he cos actually cosplay as as a fucking Bane. Yeah, 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 and it's like more of like a modern with the old school mix. So it's pretty dope. I have to show you some of the pictures after we're doing this. But yeah, dude, fucking the Arkham games, fucking great. I oh, played yeah. through them again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, I'm well. I'm glad that we got the Batman with Robert Pattinson. But I wish that we could have seen the Matt Reeves Batman with Ben Affleck. Like how that hole was supposed Bro. to set up, that would have been fucking dope. It was supposed like to be ben like Affleck? an. You like Batfleck? I like Batfleck. I think he was a pretty dope fucking Batman. Up. I mean, yes, he was bro, just yes. so. So many people fucking hate badass. On, so many people hate on Batfleck, and like, to me, the people that hate on Batfleck, like you're getting that from a news article. You're getting that from somebody else. You don't actually read the comics because like. Ben Affleck did a great Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. Yes, he was super fucking brutal. Yes, he actually killed and like it, it was. But that's awesome. Though. Yeah, but like the way, like the moment that made him Batman to me is like that first scene when we when we see him, and you know you're, you're going down and like the people are the people the people he's protecting are scared to come out and you see him crawl across the rafters and he's like out and I was like bro <laughs> Batman like yes I love it like he instills fear wherever he goes. Um, I, I do think that the branding is a little intense and the killing. Yeah, Batman didn't. Batman doesn't under the traditional. I'm saying that with quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. Standpoint doesn't kill, but fuck that. In the comics, he has been known to kill. Like there are versions of the Batman that have done that. Like there are versions of the Batman that have used guns, and those are earlier renditions. Like I'm not necessarily personally like opposed to that. I think that he pulled off the mentality and like the, the acting for it. Like I, I think he did. Yeah, I mean, Ben Affleck as a person already, again, he's though. just, I think he's already in that mentality. He's very suave. Bro. He's just chill. And he did the best Bruce Wayne. That we've oh ever yeah, had, he did just, just yeah. fucking badass. And then when he put, Oh my God, that suit. Yeah. It was great, bro. That's what I really great. watched. Superman, Batman versus Superman for the suit. Cause I, the I, suit was great. I will say like Pattinson, I like his suit too. It's we great. need to see more. Yeah, I, I think that he would like he relies on his suit a little bit too much, um, and I do think that that is like something that he's that he has the opportunity to grow on. I think this is a point of development. I think it's not on purpose, but he definitely like he took shotgun shots like right right to him point blank. He took a bomb straight on. <laughs> like dude should have died. Like the, the suit did a little bit. I don't know, protecting him a little too much. And he was a little bit more like in people's face. Like, I, I want to see, and I think it's coming with Pattinson. 
But what we got with with, with more of Batfleck is, is we got to see him like doing some more of the stealth stuff, doing like hiding up in the shadows and stuff. We didn't get as much of that with Pattinson. Um, I think it's coming. I think that this is Pattinson early, or Batman. Pattinson's is Batman in the early stages before he really masters like that stealth stuff and, and, and becoming like yeah, what we know as Batman. But at the same time, we got more like detective uh, from Pattinson than we Pattinson. We're gonna call him Pattinson now. <laughs> uh, more than Batflick. So I like the whole detective thing because that's some that's an aspect of Batman we really haven't seen in any of the movies right. at all. So it's good to see the world's greatest detective finally right. on the silver screen. So for sure, for sure. Who's the character you think is very underrated and doesn't get that much love? For me, it's it's not. He's not really underrated, but I just don't think he he's got his due yet. And I think it's Superman. So Superman, all right. So before um, before our our era, our age, I'm assuming you're around my age. Um, Superman was the more popular. Superman was more popular, uh, arguably 30s and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There is room for arg- argument of like other characters and stuff uh, that's not even Batman or DC or Marvel or anything like that, but. Um, Superman was was a more popular character than Batman for sure for the for the longest time, and that's why we got like a lot of our Christopher Reeves and like uh, we got some good Superman films. Mm-hmm. Um, which Christopher Reeves being real, like there's a reason like why he's kind of like the goat as Superman as well. Nothing wrong to Henry Cavill, and I think that Henry Cavill has he has the potential to be probably the best Superman that we've ever had. He just hasn't been given the right material. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been given the right direction. Um, I don't like, and what you're probably referring to is the, the dark tones of Superman. Superman is supposed to be like Batman got so popular that there, that all of a sudden DC and Warner brothers was like, Oh, we need to make Superman that way. But like, no Superman's the boy scout. He's hope he's supposed to be. I like the dark tone. I actually thought it was pretty, it's pretty pretty neat. I think that there's like a, I think there's a time and place for it. I don't, hate it but I do think that Superman should be looked at as uh, as more of the hope which I think that Snyder Cut did do a little bit more justice on that no pun intended I actually didn't mean to say that but um, uh, yeah he he did like leading up to like why Batman was like no like Superman is the one that can like bring us back he is the Mm -hmm. hope right Um, but yeah no it I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm losing my train of thought of like why it's, we're even getting on Superman, but like I just think he right, I, he he deserves more praise. I, it's, I, it's I think he does. He, I think he, he really did. Does. He used to have it. Now he's uh, now Batman's definitely outshining him. Now like everything's got to have Batman, um, which I'm okay with. I'm a Batman fan, but uh, all right. So a character that doesn't get enough shine. Um, and before you do ask, up, we apologize to anybody that's listening. I know we're talking about comics and stuff like that, but. This is the stuff we love. So if you're lasting you this looking? long, just go ahead and just keep right. listening because it's fun. Why are you apologizing? This because some people, I'm just going to say this, some people will turn off because I'm like, fuck, I don't want to hear about this shit. And then just, you know, but it, yeah, I mean, but I don't want to hear about your, your stats on your baseball or bullshit. Like, <laughs> no, no, well, no I offense mean, to, to past people that have been on the show that I fuck with. But, um, but no, dude, I mean, like I said, this is your show, so it's like we're talking about what you like, and we both show. like we both like the same shit. So, yeah. like I said, guys, it's we all love comics. So, yeah. and you're getting a lot of good knowledge from this guy who fucking reads, you know, comics and shit like that. So, anyways, you're uh, okay. Underrated character, uh, underrated within Marvel or DC, or just like in general. In general, or? we'll say in general. Berserker, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, let me go with like stuff that people are, I guess, would be a little bit more familiar with. Um, 
Underrated, underrated. Uh, you, oh, damn. I feel like there's there, there are some so many, but um. All right, so I am more of a DC person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with somebody from from DC. I don't I don't know Ed, like I know a decent amount about Marvel, but I don't know as much about Marvel. Uh, you, actually, you know what? Now that I said Marvel, I'm gonna have to pick a Marvel character. It's just this this one just popped in my head, Gambit. Oh yeah, bro, yes. Gambit was the shit in the '90s, and like now. I asked my nieces and nephews, I don't even fucking know who Gambit is. I'm like, bro, Gambit was, like, that was my favorite X-Men. Him and Nightcrawler were my favorite X-Men when I was younger. But really, Gambit. Like, I loved Gambit. He's such a great character, and he's from New Orleans, too, so you get that little, that sodom taste, I mean, however he does it. But it kind of sucks that, like, I guess Gambit movie was in development hell. So you really didn't get to get that opportunity they, other than they already they you know. changed the way that he was going to like they changed his origin a lot. They changed how his power set kind of worked, especially even with like X-Men origins. Like that's not how his power set works, but mm-hmm. that's being nitpicky. Um, yeah, no, I definitely love Gambit. And I think that, yeah, he's he's been he's a very um, underrated character. And I hope he comes in yeah. the MCU sometime. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just don't fuck him up. <laughs> right. Like, I, yeah, I want that 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 kind of like. How do you even describe him? Like he's, he almost seems homeless, but he's just like badass. But like, <laughs> um, yeah, he transfers you know kinetic energy into something and then turns it into a bomb. Like that's really fucking cool. Like I don't know. Like, um, yeah, there's a lot of potential with that character. Uh, yeah, who's the character do you think is overrated? Uh, I mean now, even though I love him, Batman. <laughs> yeah, even though like all that conversation that we just had, um. Other overrated characters. Um, I think. Well, no, I can't say that. Hmm. No, I can't really think of Marvel because I would say for a while it was Wolverine because everyone was just like Wolverine, Wolverine. Thanos. Thanos is overrated. Anybody that's watches the MCU, like, like they kind of think like, oh, Thanos is the peak. But Thanos is small, fam. Like. Thanos ain't shit. Like, it's a street thug compared right, to like, like Galactus and Kang and uh, I, bro, Doctor Doom. Do- Are you oh, me? fucking God King <laughs> Doom. Where I hope that we actually get a form of God King Doom in the future, which I highly doubt that we're going to. It's probably going to end up being Kang's story in some type of way. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it, it, Thanos is is, is small. You, you look at him with the Infinity Gauntlet, like nothing compared to like the Phoenix force, nothing compared to, to, um, the, uh, molecule man, like nothing compared to like, there's so many other characters that like just power wise, like just stomp on Thanos with the infinity gauntlet. Like, there's nothing he would be able to do. Um, and people just think that like, Oh man, like that was the big bad. Like Thanos is dope. Like, yeah, nah, bro. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. <laughs> For the ones that know, yeah. we know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but, so Russ, how did you how did you get into music? Um, so in high school, I started playing around with uh, music. I got super into. So I was at my dad's, mm-hmm. and I hated working and doing all that stuff. That's when I finally like I, my dad gave me uh, an iPod. Um, I think it was a shuffle when for like Christmas one year, and um, I finally downloaded some music it was like eminem and like 50 cent and dr dre and stuff like that and um like a lot of my family so like my brothers and sisters are more into like uh rock like so like i got 
earlier on in my my earlier ages i got a lot of like guns and roses um some led zeppelin and like some more like the classic like rock stuff um cranberries was played a lot um so like i was already exposed to a lot of that and then but all my friends are like into hip-hop and stuff and rap right so then i started diving more into that and started downloading music and um while i was working and like landscaping and like doing all of that country ass shit um i hated like i would have headphones in and i started listening to a lot of that stuff and um i've always liked art in general mm-hmm. uh so I, I i was drawing at that time i haven't drawn in a very long time but i still do art from time to time and like i have like paintings and stuff that i do but um i just like art so like I don't know, like, I wanted to create, and I was like, I like music now, and I'm finding all these artists that I like, like, I wanted to do something with that, I can't sing, um, I'm not pitch deaf, tone deaf, but I can't sing, I'm so, I suck, um, and I recognize that, so, like, let me see if I can be the person to, like, make the beats and stuff, so, I got a computer, and, um, got, um, a very, uh, the, the early version of Logic, um, mm-hmm. Express 9, Logic Express, not early version, but the, the Express version, not the Pro. And I started playing around with some music and started doing some stuff with uh, Logic on there. And yeah, no, originally, man, like I thought, uh, I thought that that's what I would like was going to end up doing. I, got, I fell in love with like making beats, and I sucked at it originally, of course. And I've gotten better over the years, and um, I still do it to this day. I still do like my art, other art and stuff as well. But I started off um, producing, and when I got into college, uh, I didn't know like what I wanted to do. And I tried like a few other things. Like first I was going to do like business management and like some other stuff. And, um, I actually ended up getting into creative writing for a very short period of time. Um, I wrote like poems and poetry and stuff. And I just, again, loved art. Um, but I took a class on a guy named John Milton. You guys are familiar with John Milton. Fuck that guy. Um, he's a creative, uh, it was a class, a creative writing class specifically about him. And after like the second class, I, I, I dropped and changed majors. I was like, I'm not doing this shit. Um, that dude is super confusing. Uh, he rewrote the Bible in poem form and he would change narr- narrators, not just in the middle of it, not, not, not halfway through a chapter, not, not even in the middle of a paragraph in the middle of a fucking sentence, he would change narrators and you would have to figure out who the fuck was talking. If it was God, Jesus, or the devil. Like, really? Yes. Complicated. I was like, yeah, fuck this shit. So it made me change majors. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that's how I ended up actually over with uh, KTSU. My mom, um, she owns her own lactation consultant business. If, uh, you ladies out there know what that is, <laughs> um, I highly doubt you guys know what that is, but, um, she was a, she was a lactation, uh, consultant, uh, and then she ended up starting up her own business. And when she started up her own business for it, um, KTSU offered for her to do an interview over at the radio station and she didn't want to go by herself. So I went with her and when I went over there, um, it just crossed my mind of like, I, what, what all can you do with audio? Like I love making music and I was making music at that time. I was like, so what, what, what all can you do with that? Well, like what aspects are there? Cause I'm in a radio station. I'm like, okay, well there's music here. Right. So then I started thinking about it. I was like, well, TV has music, films have music, uh, there's studio recording. Like, all these other different forms of, of music and like how you can work with it. So I was like, okay, so let me go ahead and like try to pursue this. So I actually went, I was at U of H at the time and I went back to U of H and I went to their, um, film and radio station and stuff over there. And I was, I think I was a sophomore at the time. I was like, Hey, 
can I come in and like shadow and be an intern and like see what you guys have going on over here? I'm interested in production and uh, audio engineering. Like this, is, like I just want to see what's up. They basically told me to fuck off. They were like, uh, yeah, no, uh, you have to be at least a junior in order to intern or anything like that. And I'm like, well, how the fuck do I know if I want to do it if I don't get the opportunity to do it? Yeah. My mom did the interview, and uh, KTSU was like, oh, you're interested in music? You're interested in doing that stuff? Well, you can do um, audio engineering, and, like, you can edit our spots and our drops, and, like, you can do production over here. And uh, I ended up meeting a wonderful woman named Donna Franklin, and she's still over with KTSU. And she was like, she heard my voice, and she was like, do you want to be on radio? And I was like, no, I do not. (laughs) Uh, I just want to do the production stuff. She was like... We'll see about that. Uh, and yeah, we do. We do see about that. I'm not doing it. Um, but yeah, no. So she she liked my voice and she she thought that like I would be good for radio and stuff. So she was like, yeah, uh, we'll give you a scholarship if you come over to TSU. I was like, oh, all right, fuck. You guys are going to pay me to come over here? <laughs> fuck you, U of H. All right. I'm over at uh, TSU now. Um, across the street. Right across the street, bro. They, <laughs> they poached me. Fuck it, though. But, like, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it weren't for that opportunity, if it weren't for Donna. Like, mm-hmm. she, she took a leap on me. She didn't have to do that. Um, KTSU 90.9, um, they were not, at that time, like, working with a lot of students. That's actually where I met my partner, Chris. Um, I met my uh, the person that got me into, like, doing live shows and stuff. Not just doing live shows. A large part of my start, Summer Woods. Um, I met her over at TSU. Um, so a lot of like what I do now stemmed from that experience at college. And I will say like TSU, uh, I I majored in radio, television, film, and it didn't, the degree itself didn't really like do anything for me. Um, but it introduced me to a lot of people that put me onto the path and it like opened up my world. So like at that time I was able to do, uh, professionally, I would like to say, uh, radio, I was able to like, like I said, edit like a lot of their uh, stops and drops. Um, and then there's a guy named Sinclair that runs the um, recording studio, the jazz recording studio. I took a class with him over there. Uh, he showed me, not just me, but like the whole class more about um, the more recording side of it. They do more like jazz ensembles and stuff over there, but he does other stuff too. Um, so like that was like my first real exposure to like actual studio recording and like that process. I tried some stuff with the television and film because that was like the area that I was in. Um, I met Summer Woods and I met Chris and I started the podcast Comic Cave stuff with Chris and it introduced me to the whole podcast side of it. Summer, uh, she was an artist and I was producing for her at the time and I ended up getting a job at House of Blues and it wasn't to get into live audio. It was just because um, I was working on doing some music for one of the managers over there and I was like, I just want to be around like-minded individuals. So I was like, this is a venue, like there's other like-minded individuals, people that are into music. Mm-hmm. Let me go see what's up with that. So I got him, he got me a job. I actually started off as, uh, started off in security over at House of Blues. And um, I watched and I was very observant of like how shows were operated. And I started talking to like box office people and like the different departments and stuff, VIP. And um, there's like two different types of VIP. There's like the meet and greet stuff, but then there's like the VIP sales and all that stuff. And I was working security and, um, I was doing music with Summer, and then we got Summer on a couple of, like, local shows, and Summer, I got Summer a job at uh, House of Blues, and we talked after, like, one of her local shows, I'm not going to say who the promoter was, because the promoter's still doing stuff today, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't, like, ran right, like, we were like, yo, we do this, like, we work this stuff professionally, like, we can do better than this, we didn't know as much as we do now, but, like, we can do better than this, 
So we're like, well, fuck it. Let's put on our own show. So um, it's because of like summer. It was really, I think, I'm pretty sure it was her idea. Like, let's put on our own show. Uh, we ended up doing a festival. There's a spot called Houston Underground uh, at the time. It was called something else. I can't remember. Um, but they changed the name to Houston Underground. They're no longer around, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we did our first show over there. And we did a festival. And we had like the art stuff out there. We had poetry. Our, one of the first shows that we ever booked. Shout out to AJ McQueen. And um, there, there was a lot of good people. There's some people that I still talk to like today that I still work with and stuff. Legacy was like on that show. And Legacy's got on the show that I got coming up. Um, and he was a young cat. He was like 16 at that time. And wow. he was doing shows and he was bringing out like, his whole family and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was like the first show that we did and like we enjoyed doing it. And I don't think we made any money. I don't even remember at this point because um, it was like five, six years ago. Um, but, yeah, like we enjoyed it. And then we just started like she and I like we, we still did the music and she's like still saying and stuff. I'm not saying like just rap. She's one of the best writers that I know. And we just started doing more shows and we started doing more shows. And I fell in love with like the organization and, and putting on and, and I didn't, I don't like the term promoter to be, be honest. I, I prefer like the term like talent buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, but cause there's like a stigma with promoters and stuff, but especially since a lot of them do pay to play, but that, like that was the part of our issue is like, all right, if we're going to do shows, we're never going to do pay to play. Cause like that was, she did a pay to play mm-hmm. and it just doesn't do anything for the artist. So, cause all of the artists that are on that show, all of them paid money to be there. But all the people that come there, they're either there for, like, just the one person that they see. Like, it, it's not a lucrative thing. Like, it, it just doesn't do well for, like, the local scene. I'm sure you've seen. Yeah. Um, so we're, like, we're just not going to do pay-to-play. So, like, that's what we based doing our shows off of. We started a company called Evo Versi. And, like, that was our, our like, motto or our uh, slogan or whatever. Like, fuck pay-to-play, basically. <laughs> and did more shows, did more shows. And um, I worked my way up through House of Blues and learned more stuff. I got out of security, worked production. Started off as, like, just a regular hand and elevator operator. And then I became an audio engineer over there. Fell in love with doing uh, live audio sound because it's a lot more dynamic. There's a lot more stuff going on with live audio than there is studio recordings. A lot more things to, to focus on and um, account for. It's a lot more interactive. Um, it's not a controlled environment. So there's like a lot more factors going into it. So I fell in love with that. And then I became a stage manager and then I became a state, uh, the production coordinator I ran production at house of blues. Um, and then, yeah, now I'm here. I part owner of my own venue. I keep putting on my own shows. I've got flight concerts, high productions, and I do the booking for Dende and, I don't know, man. Like it just—it was a whole chain reaction. I just love putting on, organizing shows, and I do it because I love creating uh, a moment. And that's something that I noticed. Like, uh, part partly why actually I, I stopped uh, making music for other people and stuff is I noticed like as I was doing it for other people, like it wasn't what I wanted to do, and I was losing like my passion. I was getting stressed out of it. So I took the step away and I was like, if I just make music for myself, I enjoyed it more. Cool. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with just doing music for myself. Yeah. But I found a passion in, in live audio and like putting on shows. And whenever you go to a show, you can always pinpoint a moment like where there's somebody in the show that like it took them away from like whatever bullshit they have at work or like with spouses or family or like whatever other bullshit's going on in life. Like they're taken away from that and like they're enjoying just the moment, the sound, the music, the vibes. It's partly also why I like uh, like live games and like sporting events and stuff too. Like I'll go to a live game. It's a different energy. Same thing for like music. When you're in a crowd and like you have the live music going through you, 
and the energy of everybody else like it all feeds into you and it's just it's a positive experience so i fell in love with like creating those moments and like i, I look i love looking for like up-and-coming artists and like finding new new music new new sounds that like i've never heard before and creatives and stuff and like being able to give them a platform that's not not here trying to fuck them not here they'll be like you know pay me for this in order to do that and like like you're already putting so much money into your own music right like you buy the equipment you pay for the mixing you pay for the mastering, you pay for the studio time you pay and if you perform with the band you perform with the fucking band and like you got to pay them too right like yeah it's so much that goes into it and if you're in a band you got to split it between everybody else and like it's, it's <laughs> bro it sucks like it, it fucking sucks yeah, for it then does. a promoter to be like yeah i know that you brought fucking 10 people out to my show that paid me but like now you got to pay me too like fuck you like that's that's not cool so you're providing a like you are as an artist are providing a service so you should be treated as such and yeah. so i'm very um, I mean, I am very particular about the people that I book and stuff and like how I do my booking, but there's a certain way what I learned while working at like house of blues and through live nation. And I worked a lot of aspects, not just production, but like I worked the VIP, I worked for VIP nation as well. And like, I learned all the different ways to like make money off of shows. And there's so many ways to do it other than off the artist. So I was like, yeah, like I'm going to keep doing that. You pretty much answered like four <laughs> questions without even, without even me saying them, dude. This is fucking great. This is fucking great. Um, but no, dude, like you've created moments. Like you've created moment. Like for the the two shows that you invited me to, I mean, just even this this past one, I I told you I, when Dende and everybody else, I I, I I caught. I was in my feelings, man. I was just mm-hmm. whatever they were saying, I was relating to, and I was like, yeah, man. It, that's why I love going to live music shows because it's like once you step into that venue, everything kind of just fades away. Everything else, everything is away. quiet. You're there. You're enjoying music. It's it's loud and quiet at the same time. That's yeah. what's awesome about it. Like, you don't have to worry about anything yeah. until like you step out there. But even then, when you step out of that venue, it's like everything got better by ten percent. And it's right. like okay, yeah, I saw my favorite band. I mean. I'm cool. You and know, that's the other cool thing. Like I, I, I am working on, um, booking like larger acts and stuff too. And I've booked some larger acts. Um, I've been very fortunate to meet people that have helped me to book larger acts and working through house of blues. I've worked some of the biggest acts that you can name, uh, done a lot of shows. They all kind of like blend together, but, um, I, I like the local scene as well. Cause like the amount of talent, that is here it's insane man like it, it really is and i'm not even saying that to be cliche like it is insane like i don't I, like if i try to like name off fucking bands like so i'm gonna leave somebody out there gonna be mad or whatever but like all the different genres that we have here um and, and like even when you look at like houston hip-hop like it's not like a lot of other states will think of houston hip-hop and now because of like travis scott despite the negative stuff that's happened and don Tolliver, mm-hmm. um they might start thinking of Houston like a little bit differently, but still chopped and screwed is like heavily within our blood. Right. Um, and not, there's anything wrong with that, but like the sound, like listen to jet, like listen to Nico, listen to uh, listen. I, I can't start naming people. But, like, um, <laughs> so all these people that have yeah, like come on the show, yeah, the, it's different. It's different. And they all bring like different vibes and, uh, they bring in elements of like, other genres and other sounds and stuff that were hip hop set aside. Like there's so many rock bands. Like you're, I, I know that you're familiar with a lot of the rock bands and stuff as well. Like it, it's not the same. And like, I know like Tame Impala is like an intri- intricate, cool sound and stuff too. Like you, you have those artists here and then you, but you have like, 
so much more. There's reggae bands here too, bro. Like there's every genre. I promise you, if you guys come to Houston and, and not just Houston, Austin, Dallas, like whatever city you're in, like you need to look at your local talent. You need to support them. And I'm, I'm not saying that cliche, like, cause like legitimately they might be the next up. Exactly. And, and, and not only they might, might they, even if they're not the next up, they might be better than who's out there right now. They probably are because mm-hmm. they actually give a fuck about what they're doing. And it's not, that's all getting all over the topic, but <laughs> it's not other things that are guiding like what they're doing. Right. Like they're still doing it for the love. Not that all artists that get, it's not just that, but yeah they're not just programmed to like okay go right. on stage do my thing come back you know uh, yeah no like it's it's some of the even even doing shows at like house of blues some of the best shows that i've seen at house of blues weren't on their larger stage which holds over 1700 people it's in their peacock room which holds 320 300 which i was people. at the peacock like, room well the bronze peacock like a couple weeks ago actually yeah i uh i saw i don't know if you're familiar with uh the chats i'm not they're uh, an Australian band. Uh, they play kind of like, well, they call it shed rock, but it's like ultimately just punk rock, pretty much. Uh-huh. They had a, a touring band called Thick. They're from Brooklyn. It's a girl group, very great. And another band called uh, Mean Jeans, very great too. I think they're from uh-huh. California or Seattle, wherever from them. But uh, it was essentially a punk show. I mean, it was just great, but like, you know the smaller venues like like you know the bronze peacock mm-hmm. i like going to intimate shows like that but i do like going to the bigger venue too those, those artists uh tend to like put on more of a show as well um because they're, they're more interactive with the crowd and that's partly like also when i do my own shows like i will bare minimum give an artist 20 minutes and that's to give them time to engage with the crowd and to be able to like build that personal relationship and like get their shit out there as well but like those up-and-coming artists they're they're very uh, humble about what they're not all of them I will say but <laughs> no I I, <laughs> I I know I know a couple of them yeah um, but yeah no they're, they're just more interactive with it and like there's larger artists I know you have a segment and I'll actually bring up some art, uh, larger artists that I dislike that is unpopular opinion but shout out to your next little segment <laughs> um, yeah we'll get to, we'll get to that segment we'll to soon that. um but yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, I like the personal settings. The personal yeah, settings exactly. are Exactly. It's more intimate and like they, they, they care. So they care about what they're doing. They're caring about the experience that they're providing to you. Cause that's, that's my pet peeve. Like, especially if you're a hip hop artist, do not, do not <laughs> say that with emphasis, <laughs> go do a performance and like, just stand there on the mic and don't move around. If you don't have a band, if you don't have a video wall, if you don't have like stuff going on, even if you have a video wall, don't just stand there. Like you need to like jump around, engage, and move around. People. If I want to listen to your music, I'll listen to it in the fucking car. Like yeah. I'll listen to it with my headphones. If I just want to hear your music, you come to a show for the experience, for the, for that energy to to remove me from the bullshit. Like I, that's why I'm here to see you. I'm here for the experience. So you, a lot of artists. I don't want to say a lot of artists, but there is. For starting artists, there is that like misconception. Oh, I'm just going to be an artist. Like, no, you're you're an artist and a performer. If this is really what you want to do, you're an artist and you're a performer. And there's like a whole energy and everything that you got to do. And your performance has to be. You're going to make more money off of selling merch, really, than anything else. But more money off the shows and stuff than than even like selling your own music, right? So, because like if you want to go the label route, you're going to a lot of money's going to whole fucking conversation. <laughs> we can get into all that later, but um. Or never. <laughs> um, not with me. You guys can go figure that out on your own. No, but, but did you? I, uh, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like, I totally understand. You need to provide provide an experience. And there's definitely artists 
big artists that I've seen that like it, it sucks when like an artist all of a sudden blows up and like they're in that spot to be able to do these really large shows and then they don't bring that energy because they weren't even taught that they needed to. And it's cool to have all the theatrics and the lights and everything else do it for you. But like, oh, that's not what I want to see, man. Like I want to see you. I want to see you do. You got to vibe to your own fucking music. Right. right you right. got to vibe. And dude, like, okay. So short story. I was with this, this Spanish rock band, uh, 2016. So about six years ago. Playing bass, there's two guitars, there's a drummer. Well, actually, no, there's three guitars and a drummer. Uh, dude, I was, like, the only one, like, moving around, jumping. <laughs> on the bass? On the, the bass. Right. I was, you know, because it was like, look, we are we have to sell them our music. Like, right. you know, they're coming to, to pay $20, $10 to come see us. Give them a fucking show. Right. The, the, the lead singer slash other guitars wasn't that great, but I'm like, dude. Do something. Right, Move around. Right, like, right. do something. You know, you don't even have to do, like, the most. Just, like, go over to this side of the crowd, vibe out with them, go walk to the other side, vibe out with them. I mean, them, dude, right? I'm... If I was performing still, I think I would be, like, a fucking top performer. I've watched mm-hmm. and yeah. studied, like... <laughs> I believe you. you know, I'm ready to see fucking you. Fucking Freddie Mercury. I've studied, you know, just, like... The be like all these people like dude. Even when I'm in my car, I'm throwing a fucking show. Right, <laughs> moving around. I'm like I'm hyped. Like if you're not hyped over your own fucking music, nobody else is gonna get hyped over it. Right. So it's like, don't even come to the show. Right. I, I get asked a lot from uh like, I'm all about sharing knowledge and um like I wouldn't be here if it weren't for people giving me knowledge that honestly some of them probably shouldn't have given me. Mm-hmm. Um. So like I'm all for like if when when people even if I don't know you if you, if you hit me up on Instagram or I'm mostly on Instagram Facebook if you get my number somehow and text me like I'll be pretty respect uh, receptive if, if I don't have like others I mean I always got other shit going on but I'll find time to like respond to you and put you on some game but like the number one thing that I always say is like if you're trying to get into the scene uh, if you're trying to be like an artist you gotta start off at like open mics like not to sound cliche or anything but you gotta like go out there you gotta figure out who's putting on the shows you gotta see who else is in the scene you start off with open mics you start getting comfortable on the mic so that you're not acting fucking weird at the (laughs) other shows and shit and being all shy and shit like you need to get uncomfortable and being in front of being in front of people even if it's people that don't give a shit that that they're there that you're there whatever right um start off with like the open mics and like start doing performances. And then once you do a number of open mics, then you'll start learning the scene and then you can like eventually get booked for like some more official stuff and then more and more official stuff. And like it just builds from there and snowballs. So like get out into your local scene. You got to You got to go out. You can't just produce music. You can't like, it's a ridiculously, the, the percentage of people that get signed or whatever and like never did a performance is it's less than 1%. Like, mm-hmm. you got to get out there. You got to meet people. You got to see who's in your network. And, like, yeah, just get the fuck out there. Don't, don't, it's like here. a, it's like a workout. Yeah. You know, you got to go work out your muscles. You got to exactly. work out performing. I've done, I think I've only done maybe one open mic. That was at Fitzgerald's like a long time ago. The video was up on YouTube. It's horrible quality. I'm gonna go find it. <laughs> I will find so, it. So back uh, background, uh, I think like 2012, I met up with some people that I went to high school with. They were like an alternative metal band. Quotations uh, and quotations, very, very heavily quotations. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll join." And they were like, "Yeah, we have an open mic and this and this and that." But they were like 
trying to sell me like, oh yeah, we have a record company that's willing to sign us. I think it was it was an island. It was like uh, I forgot one of the one of the subgroups of one of the record companies. Anyways, but they're like, yeah, they're willing to sign us. They just want us to do more shows and blah 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. So we 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 did an open mic at Fitzgerald's when it was open. RIP to Fitzgerald's. Right. We did the upstairs and like. You know, I never actually went into the upstairs. No, I've only been downstairs. Dude, it's like to 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 know who's been there and right. who's played upstairs was like such an honor for me because right, it's like. Right. James Brown, Steve Ray Vaughn, right. uh, fucking uh, Tame Paula before they were fucking huge play. And it's no, like I, I sh- literally shout out to Fitzgerald's and stuff because they put on bands that like way before they blew up. And like I, I saw some amazing shows there of, of like some underground artists at the time that mm-hmm. now gone off and done, done big things. But yeah, I mean, so it's it was just so humbling. And like I said, we did open mic. Hmm. We played. It sucked, dude. There's a there's another story like off to that one. It was just like I have to tell you one of these, but uh, but yeah, dude. It's just open mics are just something you should do. I mean, yeah, I it gets you comfortable and it gets you into the scene. That's the most basic way to put it. Like it, it gets you comfortable with what like a large part of what you're about to be doing. If you want to be an artist, like that's a large part of it. So. Exactly. But yeah, man, just music is so good. Yeah, let's. Um, we're gonna take a little break, so we'll be right back with everybody, and then we'll just talk some more stuff with uh, Russell. All right, guys, and we are back from our little break. We did some talking off air, but and I had to piss, and he had to piss. So <laughs> that's I'm essentially. Not, what I'm it not was. shy. Uh, you got a bathroom? I'll use it. But. Uh, this is not an uh, official sponsor, but we're going to shout out High West Whiskey Double Rye. Uh, really good. Out. It's really good. Thank you, Russell, for bringing this. This shit's oh, yeah. pretty fucking good. I don't know where, they, yeah, where yeah. are they from. Where are they based out of? I don't know. It's some country shit. My boy, uh, shout out to my boy Hobson as well. He's uh, a friend since middle school, actually. Or no, actually, I think I met him in high school uh, from Eddie. But um, yeah, one of my best friends. He's, he's super into the whiskeys and he... Uh, Park City, Utah. Shout out to Utah. Yeah, he uh, he, he put me onto this one, and uh, we sipping on it tonight. It's really good, yeah. really good. Really kind of reminds me of uh, this other whiskey that I've what, tried. What, what flavors do you taste? What do you? Let's give it. A I taste. What you, what you think? What you think? I taste vanilla, and uh, I smell a little vanilla in it. That's cool. Okay. I smell. Alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> some brown alcohol. Some man. brown, dude. Know. There's a distillery. There's a, a whiskey distillery. A, a distillery not that far from here. Uh-huh. It's a I forgot what it's called. A whiskey distillery. Yes, it's. Oh, I need uh, to go there. Uh, let me look it up. I know it's here somewhere. It's not that far from my job. It's called uh, Gulf Coast Distilleries. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah. I didn't know that it was that close though. Yeah, it's literally like maybe like ten minutes away. And oh shit. Do they are, are they're not just a distillery? Do they actually have like can can you go in and get some shit or? I think yeah, you can. I think. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I've driven by. I haven't been in there, but they have like Texas whiskey, and it looks like they have tours, and you can go and sample yeah. and shit like that. So, um, but yeah, dude, I, I, I've I've done well, I haven't done shit like that, but 
It would be cool to interview. I've interviewed breweries. Of course, you've you've seen that. I like I've interviewed yeah. St. Arnold's. I've interviewed Eureka. I've interviewed Urban South. Who did you interview the owners or did you, who'd you interview? So for St. Arnold's, you did it, but I'm gonna be real. yeah, I, I, didn't, know. I didn't watch those for St. Arnold's. I interview uh, the well, he's now the head brewmaster. Oh shit! Um, okay. So shout out to him. I forget I forgot his name. Um, and for for what's it called? Eureka. I worked with. Um, what's his name? Damn it, I forgot his name. Um, but he essentially was like, they call him like the party guy. But he kind of like did behind the scenes stuff of like work together and stuff like that. And then so now that you're telling me this, yeah, I saw that you interviewed, but I didn't know who you interviewed from mm-hmm. over there. Uh, I I have you know a new venue that recently opened. You know, you know, mm-hmm. high, high Productions Free Gallant. Shout out to them. Um, we're looking for some some partnership stuff. If you don't mind connecting me, shout out to those guys over there, um, dude. For dude, you should totally like. I think if you're gonna hit up, well, I think Eureka. Eureka I is hit like up Eureka. I haven't. Eureka is like they will be down for. It. They're like when and where. Okay. And how much? <laughs> Help me point me in the right direction. I'd appreciate it. Evan Camp. There we go. Shout out to Evan. Fucking great guy. Um, Evan, I'm a good guy too, I promise. <laughs> and then for Urban South, I interviewed Dave. He was kind of like the general manager of the whole establishment. Wow, okay. Um, kind of gave me a backstory of like how... Because Urban South is originally from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. They have their mothership out there, but they kind of wanted to experiment. So they have here in Houston. And when they opened, it was during the pandemic. Mm. So it was really like tough for them. They had sold right out of the store so it's kind of difficult for like a brewery to like open up and then like you don't know like how the beer is going to taste so they essentially just went it through it blind and then it, it it's it's done really well for them mm. um but i think the goal now is carbock eighth mm-hmm. wonder mm-hmm. and something else I, I i'm pretty sure i can get carbock i just have to you like be able to get eighth wonder pretty easy too it, i just people. i've been like with my schedule just like interviewing people and stuff like that gotcha. i haven't been able to do breweries in a while but hopefully next season i might just do the gist of it and just try to get to breweries because it's dude it's fucking great because like you get to interview these people who are literally behind the scenes of the stuff that you like to drink and then they're so fucking cool. They like give you merch and shit like that. And free Bro, beer. You could, you could. There's. I feel like there's a way for you to to really hype this up. Some type of like brews and grooves type deal. Like you know, what I'm saying there's there's a way for you. Well, to, I want to do to work with them in a good way. And I've talked to. Well, we've essentially had the same mindset. Me and my friends in Los Angeles, because I'm cool with some podcasters out there, mm. to do like a live podcast event. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean. I think you're the you're the guy that might help me with that. Let's talk. I'm so, down for it. Off air. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. so essentially no, let's talk. so essentially we want to do like a local like podcasting. I mean it's it's okay. happened before, but So like a, a podcasting type of Comic Con? Podcon. A podcon. Podcon. Okay. Okay. Um so where was I going with this? Damn you, you guys! Are trying to be right, right. It's, so, it's definitely hitting. So uh, breweries. So it sounds like if you're doing a podcon, is there a way to uh, uh, a South meets what was that West Coast? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely hitting right now. <laughs> I'm getting my East and West Coast mixed up. Yeah, high West, right there. Uh, yeah, no. So like a podcast brewery South meets West type of event. Is this what we're Some, talking about? Well, kind of like just kind of local in general, local in general, but like my friends out there have like discussed of like doing one. And since I'm going out there, 
I might try to like help them, but like I have a friend of mine. His his name is Benji. Shout out to Get the Noise podcast. Um, we've talked about like, hey, let's let's try to do something. Let's meet up. Maybe we could try to do something at like secret group or like a brewery, but like just like I have pots. a venue. What are you talking about? Of course, but I mean that was before I met you. Okay, well so. now you met me. <laughs> I got a spot. What are so, you What are you waiting for? I don't know, dude. I, I I think we're just trying to find. I mean, I've got connections with other venues too. If my venue is not the best choice, I think we're going to use yours right. if we can. Um, but um, look, yeah, dude, it'll be like I'm not even that type of person. Like I will tell you legitimately if my venue is the best fit or not. So I mean, from what I've seen. Uh, it's a pretty great venue. It's it, better it, than a lot of venues I've seen before. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> we do. So for the guys that don't know out there, I, let me allow me to plug like a little bit. We do a uh, projection mapping. So we have all white walls. We have four movable walls and we have a stage that moves around. So we're able to um, change the layout of the room according to whatever you need. And then we map visuals to the entire room. And it's a very immersive uh, experience. So, uh, if you're in the Houston area, come check out Free Gallant, the venue, uh, or check out Hive Productions, the production company behind it. Check them out on Instagram because that's I think it's a better visual to like to see like what we're actually talking about. Like we how have, awesome uh, it is. we have very few because we're new, we're very new. We've only been open for a little little over a month as of this recording, um, and we do have some some cool stuff in the works that I'm excited to announce, and some stuff that's already announced at this time. Mm-hmm. You can go follow us on social medias, and we have websites both for High Productions and Free Gallant. Um, but yeah, no, the visuals, uh, we don't have a lot of photos of that up just yet. There's there's a couple, and uh, there, there's some stuff coming that I'm excited to announce. So Essentially, all of this will be in the bio, so guys, it would make it a little bit easier I appreciate for you. you. <laughs> appreciate you. So, talking about... Uh, you, you, okay, so how did you? How did you? No, 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 I want to talk more about your podcast, bro. I okay, hey, yeah, fuck, fuck it. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Shit. I, I want to know, <laughs> what, what, like, how how can I help you? I, I guess I got a venue and stuff, but mm-hmm. like, so what I think you should do, and all right, maybe we shouldn't talk about this on air because I don't want other, other people to take this idea. We'll do like the little like uh, what's it called? That little music where it's like technical mm-hmm. difficulties. <laughs> We'll talk off air. You should do some stuff out there and do some stuff here and we can figure out how to make both of them work. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dude, I mean, like I said, you essentially have a podcast. It would be just like, I really want to, what's the word? I, so I always tell my friends in Los Angeles. You want a pod palooza. I want to, yeah. I mean, because we don't have something like that. I mean, the only, the only other person that I know is doing like meetups and stuff like that is Ozeal. Uh, from Ozeal Media. He has his own thing, which is great. He's got Pod Houston. They got their own stuff too. Um, but like essentially, it's like, I don't know that many podcasters, dude. Like, I just, like, I, you're a podcaster that I know. Skip the noise. Uh, Look, I only that, started know? doing podcast stuff because I was nerding out to my girl all the time about like why I hated what was going on with the comic movies and the MCU and stuff. And I could clearly tell that she didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, let me put it towards somebody that actually gives a shit. So let me put it out there. And I mean, that's the same way. It's just like nobody yeah. gives a shit. Well, if I'm saying I'm like, hey, might as well just put, put it, it out, out there. there and see who gives a shit. Right. No. And I'm apparently people do. But yeah, dude, just like essentially like, like I told my friends in Los Angeles, I'm not jealous, but like. I, I kind of like they're so close knit. Like I mean, the group that they have, they're so cool, and everybody's is, is good with each other. The community mm-hmm. is great. 
here in Houston, like they've asked me, like, how's the podcast community out here? I was like, dude, I don't even know that many people out here. So I feel like if we can have something to bring. That's interesting. That's interesting that you say it like that. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it's true. I mean, I haven't really met. I mean, I know a few podcasters that I essentially don't have relationships with them anymore because of some certain things that are uh, one of shit them happens. Shit, ha- shit happens. Shit happens. Um, but like, I, I don't know that many. So it would be awesome to like bring them out the woodworks and be like, come fuck with us. Right. Essentially. Right. You know, get their shit out there because there could be another inside the north side. Po- I mean, not essentially my, like no, my bro, name, but like somebody out there, you know, another inside the north side <laughs> podcast. Trust me. Like there's but somebody that's stuff, like, like wanting to do the same thing. You know, um, I mean, there's there's no you, you are different from from what I've seen. Uh, the only other podcast, uh, local podcast that like, OK, there, there's a couple that like I fuck with. Um, mm-hmm. And that people that like I hit up, like I said, for like my events and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like two West side boys that they're pretty cool, um, doing dope things. Shout out to them. There's some of like the first podcasters that like I really fucked with. Um, so like there, there, there's some other good ones and I don't, I don't want to like miss anybody cause there's like some good ones, but there's not like a whole lot. But bottom line is like, there are a lot of people in Houston that like do podcasts and stuff, but you're right. Most of them are not trying to like link up in some type of way and like share a community. Like it's not like the music scene. Like the music scene, there there is a circle, there is a network of people that are like doing shit. Um, but within the podcast community, um, I don't know. I, I I try to fuck with people, and like even with Comic Cave, like there's so we do giveaways at Comic Cave. Go check out Comic Cave podcast as well, guys. Um, we do giveaways. We give away comic books. We give away action figures. We give away collectibles. All types of stuff. Um, all you got to do is like like. Uh, and subscribe to our YouTube for like the collectibles. And if you want uh, some of the comic books, all you got to do is go to our Instagram or our Facebook. I'm sorry. No, I got to plug this stuff. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Dude. Go to our Instagram, Facebook, follow us and comment on the giveaway post. Um, we're constantly giving stuff away. Um, we love to give back to the community. If you fuck with us, we fuck with you. Um, but bottom line, like even with the comic hit podcast, so like I was doing a giveaway, I did a giveaway of some comic books and, um, one of the winners was a two, two of our last winners were both podcasts, um, coffee and capes, shout out to them and, uh, evil Mike. Okay. Uh, and it turns out the evil Mike is also from Houston. I didn't even know that he just happened to win our giveaway. He, uh, went and commented and he happened to be one of our winners and, I'm planning on trying to do some type of collab about um, Static specifically. He's read some of the original run. He read the new run of uh, Static from uh, that just came out. So like we're we're planning on doing like a, a collab on that. Um, but yeah, you, you you like you got to initiate that stuff. That's that's really what I'm saying this for. And like, I think a lot of well, like you said, it's different from the music scene because I think a lot of artists like when you go on stage and you perform with other people, you're not really you're, you're, you're working with them, but you're not really working with them. With the podcast, you're working with people. You start linking up, and then, like, you start collaborating, and then ship happens. Right. And then, you know, just, like, I think a lot of podcasters are, podcasters are really scared to, like, collab because they feel like, well, what happens if, if something happens with this guy, and then, like, it fucks up my content. And fuck, it, so I think a lot of people are just scared to reach out, I, essentially. I think so. And for me, it's not like that. I want to reach out. I was like, I want to work with people. I want to like pick your brain. I want you to come on here and, and just like talk, you know, and, and share your shit essentially. Mm-hmm. So people out there from Houston, I mean, 
come fuck with us. Right. Come no. fuck with us. Fuck with me. Fuck with Skip the Noise. Fuck with fuck everybody. I mean, there's... See, I don't know Skip the Noise. This is apparently something I, think, I need to know. So Skip the Noise is uh, Blueberry Sugar, <laughs> uh, Mexican Nostradamus, and the, uh, the Brown Python. So they are... They're kind of a political podcast, but you get both sides, and then you get one that's in the middle. So it's kind of like, and that's left, cool. right, and then it's like, okay, well, here's and this. They're opinion. all cool with each other. They're, so they're, they're all they're all best friends, and then they have one that's like a they have one segment that's very like upfront, like serious, and then they have another segment called Party in the Back, where okay. they just talk and they're great. I, I've had Benji on that. the podcast; he's great. They just hit their hundredth episode. Shout like, out to them. I feel like anybody named Benji is just a good person because I have a dope <laughs> Benji in my life as well. He cuts my hair. He does dope music. He also does audio engineering. Like I mean, Benjis he, are good people. He he's a, he was a musician like back in the nineties. Let's go, Benji. He fuck used with to you. he used to fuck with uh, Francisco's. Oh no shit! Okay. Yeah, dude, he 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 has some stories about like Francisco's. Francisco's. Bro, everybody has stories about Francisco's. Though, okay, so if you guys are not from Houston and you don't know what Francisco's is, uh, it's a studio. Um, you can rent space from them, and shit goes down. Let's just leave it at that. It's like it's. It's like the mirror dimensions. Like you go in there and it's like a different like universe. Bro, you're going to hear some screams from like a basement <laughs> that you didn't even know that they had. And you're going to hear some music from an attic that you didn't know that they had. Like, I mean, I wish I, I would love to do a new podcast. Literally, like, you are stepping into. No, I mean, uh, Skylar from uh, Chemical has his own little yeah. story. And I mean, like, it's just people can go on and on about Francisco's. I didn't. I did look into Francisco's. It's good and bad. It's good and bad. When I was with that Spanish man, I did look into Francisco's, but I was like, mm, no, maybe oh, not. Because no those more. guys lived, those guys lived in spring, so yeah. it was kind of like hard for them to like, oh, let's go they work go in downtown. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've known people that rent rooms there, and I've, I've, uh, so I know yeah, about look, Francisco's. Yeah, no, uh, go check out like Baron Studios or I don't know, no, not Baron. Uh, Baron does the uh, the actual recording. Why is my mind going blank on me? There's another place that you can like rent space out for for like rehearsals and stuff. And now my mind's gonna go blank on me, and I hate that my mind's gonna go blank on me. Anyways, Francisco's is like where everybody pretty much starts. If you if you're like a raw band in Houston, like you you've been to Francisco's. So shout out to Francisco's if you've been there. Let us you know. know. Let me know. Let me know. Maybe we might throw some stories yeah, up man, there on these days. I had a friend, um, not to show throw like shade on the spot too much, but like yeah, no, he was held up at gunpoint there, and it's uh, it, it is. I, it's got some sketchy. sketchy it's like stuff. everything else around. It's nice, and then like that little part is like sketchy. <laughs> just Francisco. <laughs> you say that little part. It's literally just that just, just that parking lot. Just that parking. I lot. literally was it for the show Saturday. I was yeah. like. Do I park here? I'm not parking. I was like, I know. I mean, nobody really fucking cares, but I was like, I'm not parking no, but here. I do that. I'll park at Francisco's and I'll walk over to Warehouse Live. Like, it's free parking, bro. Like, who's going to tow you over there? Like, that's that's the best place to park. It's only a couple blocks away. Um, I think I parked in the 8th Wonder lot. Over in 8th Wonder? Yeah. Something they, yeah. Secret group, 8th Wonder area. Yeah. Oh, man, dude, I hate going there on the weekends because it's like... It ooh. sucks, bro. I'm trying to find parking. It's, it depends on what's going on downtown too. Like if something's going on uh, at Toyota House of Blues, um, and stuff is popping off over in Edo, like parking's atrocious. I mean, literally right. Saturday was the show, a Dynamo game, and some uh, other stuff that was going on. 
And yo, the, yeah, the Dynamo Stadium too. I love that stadium. That stadium is dope. So like, like I said, I don't like to like watch the games, but like the first professional game that soccer game that I've ever been to was at the Dynamo Stadium. I just went to my first soccer game not that long ago. Bro, it is so much fun. Like that is fun. Um, it is fun. And, and I just like, didn't like it that I was at twelve in the afternoon, so I got hit uh, with like. So I got fucked up. <laughs> no shit. Um, I got great seats, mm-hmm. but I was like. You know what? Let me, let me get a little drunk. So I bought like the it's tall cans. Oh, I, I bought the tall cans of the Dosecchi's lime and salt, which I I fucking chug out of like nothing. Bought two, double fisted. Boom. Go to my seat, eat, and I'm like, I'm gonna get another one. Mm-hmm. So boom, I sit in my seat. I'm like, I'm already like fucked up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, How did you drive home? I was like, I wasn't that fucked up, but like well, he was the heat, up, the yeah. heat. The heat hit Bro. me and drinking, and so I'm you're like dehydrated. You haven't eaten, <laughs> and then you're drinking those. Yeah, I yeah. bought a hot dog and a chicken sandwich. I was like, I gotta eat this now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't drink any water. Oh no, oh no. Oh, but I mean, it was like, we lost. But I don't know, man. Game. We've we've had more than half of a fucking bottle of High West whiskey right now, and I'm feeling all right. We got we got this Joe Rogan segment. He's always drinking whiskey. We're about to kill. Is his he? Bottle. I didn't know he drank whiskey like that. Yeah, he he like he fucking loves this. Not every episode, but like. Maybe every every other episode he's like drinking some kind of whiskey. Some type of whiskey. Some yeah. type of whiskey. I'll have just, to, if I ever go on the Joe Rogan, I'm gonna bring him a whiskey. Dude, I, I could see you on Joe Rogan. No. no. Yes, I could Joe Rogan would just be like he'd be like, What? Nah. What you're a Wyoming? What? And you're just doing <laughs> he'd be like, What no Jamie, pull this up. Hold on. Let me let's look at this. Yeah, no. I could see I could I could see I appreciate it, but uh, no, that's that's <laughs> it's never gonna happen. I mean I mean you never know. No, you never know. No, no. Even I, if I, I, I would, if I were to go on Joe Rogan, I'd bring you with me. Hey, I appreciate that. I'm like, who's this? I was like, you're gonna want to no, sit this down is the for this. <laughs> you're gonna want to sit down for this guy, Joe. I'm already sitting down. No. You're gonna want to stand up and sit down for this. <laughs> I... Oh, but dude, yeah. I mean, fucking this whiskey's really good. It's like as it's hitting me. Yeah, no. Shout out to my boy uh, Hobson, uh, and he actually doesn't go by Hobson. He goes by Sam. I'm the only person that calls him Hobson, but. <laughs> Sam, thank you for the how West yeah, yeah. whiskey. <laughs> Dude, I I I'll tried sure getting to uh, like we were talking off air about like pairing with cigars. Like I I started yeah. like doing a little bit of cigars. I don't really smoke that much. I kind of only do with like with my cousin. Bro, the darker the berry, sweeter juice. Oh, bro, oh, bro. It's the same thing for cigars, bro. I promise you. Like, I, I, there's a lot of people like uh, if if you if you're getting into cigars, um, they'll tell you like start off with like the lighter ones or whatever. No, bro, fuck that. Fuck that. The lighter ones are trash. Like, no offense <laughs> to my friends that smoke those lighter ones, but, like, the darker the berry, bro. Like, you want that, the dankiest of the dank. You want you want that strong shit. Um, you don't inhale, um, which it sounds like you, you would know if you're, you're starting to dabble in it. Um, once, but, or, once or twice it happens. <laughs> I've had some friends that are like, wait, you don't inhale? No. Do it's not. mainly just. Yeah, it's a taste. It's a flavor. Um, and they're like, there's different versions. So if you're pairing with like a whiskey, um, you want to get something that's on the opposite, uh, end of the spectrum. So basically like if you have something that's like really dry and not a lot of flavor within the whiskey, then you want to get something with some flavor in the cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the flip side, if you get something that's got like a little bit more flavor with the whiskey, a little sweeter, something like that, uh, then you want something a little bit more dry on the cigar. You want to go on the opposite end of the spectrum. So that way that they... They kind of compensate each other, and, and when you hit the cigar, you taste more of the whiskey. And like, yeah, it, it's, it's I smoked my first cigar. I think uh, no, it wasn't twenty twenty. It might have been New Year's Eve of twenty 
Yeah, well, damn, was it 2020 or 2021? One of those. I think it might have been 2020. I think, like, going into 2021, mm-hmm. went over there with my cousin, smoked a cigar. I had a bottle of Jack, so I, boof, did a cigar for the first time. And I like it. Yeah. It's really, it's really, it's really what? just something about it, you know. If you can't smoke weed, it's the closest thing to a high you're going to get smoking. It's, it's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty good high. It's a pretty good you high. get lightheaded, you get a, you get a nice little vibe going. It's, it's a good thing. If you can't smoke or do all that, I essentially recommend you just fucking laugh. To f- just laugh. Because yeah. that gets me fucking like lightheaded. That's funny. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a legal way. Just <laughs> suck on some helium a little bit and just start dying laughing. Um yeah, no. So yeah, I got I got super into like pairing whiskeys and cigars. I and like stuff. I like a little bit of bourbon too, a little bit here and bourbon there. Bourbon is is my preferred. I don't normally like scotches, um, but I've never a, done a scotch. So. There's a Japanese scotch called Sensei mm-hmm. that is it's thirty five dollars uh, for the seven hundred fifty milliliter bottle, and it's some of the best fucking. It, it's the best scotch I've ever fucking had. Like Sensei, there, there's a few whiskeys that like I go back to and like I, I keep on on deck. Um Sensei is definitely at the top of that list. Um Sensei um uh, uh Jenison J- J- Jenison Jameson Black Barrel. That's how you know I'm a little bit tipsy right now. Uh, Bullet Bourbon. So these are like normal like classic Bullet ones. Bullet Bourbon is so good. So good, bro. So good. So smooth. You can't even um it's dangerous. Right. And then um why is my mind going to go blank on me right now? Um, the Buffalo Trace. Um, mm-hmm. these, these, all right, so these are like normal classics ones. All right, Sensei, not a normal classic, but like the rest of those, you, you probably heard of. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. There's there's some that are like super fucking good, um, and I just I, I, so now whenever I get a bottle that I really like, like I keep the bottle and then I put it on my. Uh, I got like. Um, not a windshield because I'm not my car, but like a uh, display. Yeah, I've got a display of like all the whiskeys that I like. I like I like to drink, and it reminds me. Okay, I can go get that one. I can go get that one. Uh, there's another one called um, Elk, um, Old Elk. Mm-hmm. Old Elk is so fucking good. Shout out to my boy uh, James McMahon. Um, he's uh, the production manager now at House of Blues. And um, he got me into the old elk, and old elk is really fucking good too. It's some smooth shit. Almost anything that like, if I start naming off some whiskeys, I promise you guys, like, it's gonna be some smooth shit. And if you're not into whiskey, like, this is the shit that you want to try. I like a smooth. I don't like something that's kind of yeah. like the aftertaste is like, oh, but see, you know? I don't fuck with Crown. Um, I don't <laughs> fuck with Jack. I don't mm-hmm. fuck with like, like I'll, I'll fuck with Crown Jack, regular Jameson, not Black Barrel. Um, I'll, I'll fuck with shit like that uh, for like a mixed drink. So like with like Coke, Pepsi, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Pepper even. Um, but if I'm not getting it mixed when I drink it straight, which I like to drink, I always like to try something different. And I always go for something that speaks to me. And I'll do this with like, so I've gotten into whiskey, rum, and sake like this, right? So whatever the name is, this High West, that just speaks to me. The label looks kind of cool. I don't know what the fuck I'm expecting. I'm going to try this, right? My friend recommended this one, so it was mm-hmm. good. But there's been some other ones. Like, so Sasaki, there was this one called um, The Wandering Poet. It just sounds sophisticated. I just like the way that sounds, right? The Wandering Poet. Yeah. So uh, I tried the Wandering Poet on the, the sake and shit. So same thing with the Sensei. Uh, the reason why I ended up picking up the Sensei is because, like, you're my Sensei. Yes, Sensei. Like, I don't know. It just sounds cool. Like, they got the fucking great names. Right, right. So 
Um, I definitely judge uh, judge a book by its cover in this in this stance. Um, but there was a We're there was a whiskey. whiskey that, <laughs> there's a whiskey that I got. It started yeah. with an L. I forgot what it was called. Long something. I had got it because I think somebody was hyping it up, but it was really good. It might have been. This might be might be gone already. I don't know. Have I've, you ever had a? I'm sorry. I don't mean. Go ahead. Have you ever had a, a Mexican whiskey? No, I haven't. Try something called Abasolo. 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 It's a corn Mexican whiskey. Can we get this shit at Specs? Yes. Oh, well, okay. So the Specs specifically off of uh, Smith Street for sure has it. Midtown one. So the Smith Street one is uh, like you know that's like the warehouse. Yeah. Fucking Specs and shit. Um, so like warehouse, uh, no warehouse, probably warehouse live, but like House of Blues, they all have like accounts on with them. That's like where they get the product. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Abasolo. So it, it, it's a Mexican whiskey. It's a, a corn whiskey, and that shit. It's weird, bro. Like, it's good. It's smooth, but it tastes like tequila. Like, it's a whiskey that kind of tastes like tequila. Like, you taste that corn and shit, like, real fucking heavy. Hmm. Um, there's some good shit out there. Mexican whiskey. Supposedly, Mexican cigars are getting popular. I haven't tried a Mexican cigar yet, though. Um, I've, but Mexican shit's apparently getting popular. I don't know. I guess because it's south of the border. Like, my uncle smokes cigars. He has a person he goes to, Cubans, stuff like that. When I went to New Orleans down Bourbon Street, they had a couple of cigar spots, and I was like, "I should buy a couple." But I, I can't like, say the name. There's only one place in Houston though that sells uh, authentic Cuban cigars. Anything else, um, it's not like fully Cuban. You can purchase a Cuban cigar and bring it back to the Americas, um, but you can't resell a, a Cuban cigar in America. Um, that, that's actually illegal. So. It's legal to go to Cuba, buy them, and then bring them back. But you can't resell them. You can't resell them. So it's so weird. <laughs> there's only one place in Houston that actually sells like authentic Cuban cigars. And sometime, if you're if you're interested, I will uh, I'll cop some for you. Ooh, nice. <laughs> there's a cigar shop that just opened, not that far from here, off of Navigation. It's right next to a pizza shop. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. But yeah, dude. I mean, fucking cigars. I think this. I think a lot of people are starting to fuck with them because of like Sopranos and shit like that. Right. So everybody nah, wants to, everybody wants to be a Tony Soprano. So, bro, I fuck with cigars though. I really do. Pairing with whiskey and shit, like even without the whiskey, like cigars and coffee, are a really good mix. Coffee. So, so cigars pair really well with like chocolates and shit in general, um, and you can pair them with like coffees and stuff as well. Um, it's just I don't know, bro. Like it's just something about the flavor. Like it brings out more of the flavor in the chocolate and the coffee and shit, and it's really fucking good. Um, like I'll, I'll get a cigar and I'll go to Starbucks or whatever the fuck, wherever the coffee. I, all right. So I go to Starbucks not to be a basic bitch, <laughs> um, but my girl is a manager of Starbucks. She, okay. She's has her own store. So like I, I go there because I, I get shit. So <laughs> I used to work but, at Starbucks. I used to work bro, at Starbucks. They have great fucking benefits. Like, well, the one I used to work with when I used to work at, it wasn't a target. Didn't really. Oh, you have the, uh, the, there's a certain word for those types of Starbucks. Um, and now I can't remember it because I'm a little tipsy. But one of those, yeah. yeah I yeah, used to yeah, work at those, and but you can move up within that shit, and you can end up getting your own. I actually had, uh, I worked through my way through Target, and then became yeah. a barista, and then I, I worked in an independent coffee shop yeah. somewhere in downtown. Which one? If you don't mind me, asking. Uh, they're, they're called a Meals Coffee Shop, but no, no, um, no. which which Target? Oh, the one off of 290 Hollister. Okay. 
I actually, for a short period of time, worked at the Target off of um, uh, over by um, the Galleria Mall. Um, okay, yeah, the one off of San Felipe. San Felipe, yeah, there you go. I worked there for like two years. Or two Target, years. Dude, Target was it's pretty fun time. I'm not gonna lie. I hated it. You hated it. I hated it. It was. Uh, I I mean, I hated working like Black Friday and like bro. stupid shit. So. At the word the dog. dog heard me growl. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Black Friday, like, I worked two of those or three of those, like, back-to-back, and, like, that shit sucks. Yeah, um, it does. I, w- I worked in the electronics department. Oh, God. The elect- That was, like, the sought-after department. I don't know if it was like that for every Target, but, like, at my mm, Target. No, was, I don't think that really. Not for mine. No, for mine, bro, like, everybody wanted to work uh, the electronics department and the toy department, which, like, it was, like, the same department. Every, like, that's where I worked. And I worked, uh, and it's because, like, I was taking photography in college at the time. Um, I was at HCC, and I took, like, photography classes. So, like, I knew about the cameras. Yeah. And I was doing research about that shit. So, like, that when I, like, did the interview, they're like, you're going to go to the electronic department. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know the electronics and shit. You don't know shit. You don't know anything about any of that stuff. People coming up to you, you're lying through your fucking teeth on that shit just to sell the fucking TV. Um, at least it was for me, bro. Like, I was lying out my fucking ass about that shit. Like, which TV is the best one? Which camera is the best one? Oh, you, like, this one's got more res. This one can shoot at a higher FPS. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell him I didn't know. But, yeah, no. It, I, I would sell some shit. Uh, the guy that used to work at electronics at my store, uh, his name was Brian. Like when on my breaks, I would go and like hang out with him because I wanted to be in the electronics. But they're like, see, everybody did. That's what I'm saying. But it's because like I feel like I knew more. You probably did. You I probably, probably did. did, but they were just like, no, you need you were a cashier or a car attendant or I'm sure that sucked. Uh, <sighs> you said you liked it. I, I, I well, the first couple of months being like a car attendant, like doing like. Cleaning restrooms and shit were like horrible. Uh, I think I said this on the one of the episodes. One time, they called me over the radio, like, "Hey, we need you to come to the dressing room," mm. and I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "Just, just come." So I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "What's going on?" Um, go into that stall, and I'm like, "Why?" They're just, oh, just go. God. Somebody took a shit, like a human shit, like yeah. in like the dressing room, Jurassic Park human shit, and I was like. What the fuck? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, do you expect me to clean this? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's my job. So I was like, fuck, this is, why couldn't you just tell me that somebody took a shit in the stall? And yeah. they're just like, well, we kind of wanted you to see this. We didn't want everybody else to know. And I was like, you could have told me to go on four. That would have been fine. Right. So right. I, I've done some crazy shit. I've cleaned women's restrooms, which I, I not unpopular, but it's very popular. Women's restrooms are like the dirtiest restrooms, period. I didn't know that. Yeah. Women are fucking sorry, disgusting. sorry, women, but fucking disgusting. Um, fucking throwing tampons and shit down. The and then kids like, too; they take their kids in there, and you're like, "What the? F- what the? F- I can go on for a bit." Cashier was pretty. It's pretty cool until somebody calls you a bitch and starts getting upset. <laughs> Over some <laughs> dumb shit. shit. Um, and then, like I said, when I when I got to Starbucks, it was pretty cool. But it's like it took a while to like get used to like being a barista and like trying to. Make drinks super fast and like accurately. So like I kind of fucked up a little bit here and there, but after a while I got pretty good. And yeah. like I said, and I ended up working in downtown at an independent coffee shop, and that was that was something else too. Um, People are very particular about their coffee, man. Just, I, 
essentially that too, but just working for the people that I was working for, uh, like very shitty people, dude. Mm. Very shitty person. I mean, is him and his nephew very shitty people? Mm. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> I was a barista for a while. I think I I might have mentioned that a couple Sounds times. Sounds like you've done a lot of different shit. Yeah, I used to. Well, when I when I did start working, I worked in a warehouse. And from warehouse, I worked. Uh, I was a landscaper for a little bit. Landscaping sucks, dog. Like I'm saying, I like I like cutting yards though. It's so relaxing. To okay, me. have you ever done like uh, like redone a flower bed? I've helped a little bit because my dad. I would Bruh. when I was younger. My dad used to do stuff like that, so I would go and Bruh. essentially help him. But it, it is it's painful. That as fuck. shit fucking sucks. So like actually tearing up, and it might be different in the south than it is working with my fucking dad in the north. Uh, in Wyoming, but like digging up the fucking dirt, and then you got to lay down the tarp properly, and then you got to lay down the logs around it, and you actually lay down like the sod, and then you got to lay down the fucking rocks or like whatever your topsoil type shit is. And my dad, I, I don't know, I might be scarred on that shit because my dad made it even worse. He was like, "Oh, yeah, you're." So when I'm like 15 or maybe even 14 or some shit. He's like, oh, yeah, you're going to drive a pickup truck. You can go around over to that mountain over there. There's some cool-looking rock over there, some shell-shaped rock. You're going to go fill the bed entirely with that, drive it back over to my house, and you're going to put that landscaped around my house because that's the rock that I want. Oh, no, you know what? The cats find that too too much like litter, so they're shitting all too much in it. So now you need to go over this other fucking mountain over here with this type of fucking rock or this lava rock and shit over here, and you can go fill the bed with that shit multiple fucking times, and you're going to drive that shit back over here, and you're going to dig up all the fucking shit that you already did, and you're going to lay down more fucking rocks and shit. Bro, that shit sucked. <laughs> shit sucked. Uh, uh, yeah, my dad just did the little flower beds and stuff like that. Like my like growing up, my dad for side side hustle with cut yards, and he's yeah. been doing that ever since he was a teenager. So essentially, I came along with him. So I would, you know, they had the little lawnmower. I would go and cut the grass while he would weed eat. If they wanted him to, you know, do the flower bed, he would do the flower bed, do this and that. So I, I've had some good times of like doing that shit with my dad, but like my dad was even hit, around, bro. My dad just made me do that shit by myself. <laughs> like fuck you, you had a good time with your dad. And I was like, essentially, right. it was good, but then like the allergies would hit, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, I didn't have the choice. There was no choice in my shit. My dad was like, yeah, you're going to do this. You're going to stay in the house. You're going to mow the lawn. And you're going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to move some fucking cows and feed them bitches. Damn, dude. And you're going to go. Like, that's just a weekend job. During the fucking week, you're going to go work on this fucking house. Like, <laughs> shit suck, dog. That shit suck. Um, but, hey, I'm, I am who I am because of it. So, And like I said, you like you said yourself, yourself the, the work ethic. It's really strong. I, I like your work ethic. You're just boom, boom, boom. Let's let's get this going. I want this right. We're gonna, you know, if if I don't do it the first time, then I'm not gonna do it at all. Yeah, but like, no, that's, that's, you know, that's you want to do it. You want to do it right. It's you want definitely something that well. like my dad taught me. Is uh, one of the, like his favorite sayings to say to me when I was younger is "Get your head out of your ass." Um, like, yeah, if you're gonna do something, you're gonna do it right. Like, you don't want to do it again. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely what's fed into a lot of, like, where I'm at now. It sucked at the time, but, like, Dad, if you're listening to this, I really do appreciate the shit that you taught me, so. You literally have a Latino work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be perfectly honest, all right, so you want to hear something fucked up and funny? Um, 
one time I brought one of my friends out to my dad's house. Um, and it was a Latino friend. It's mm -hmm. my best friend, Eddie. And, um, he met my dad <laughs> and he told my dad flat out, he goes, this would be considered child labor and illegal in Mexico. And my dad laughed in his face and said, you don't know what real work is. Well, I mean, straight the fuck up. My dad, the first thing he said to my Latino friend was, oh, I heard you're Catholic. I used to be Catholic, too, until I got smart. <laughs> and then he said, you can Catholic my balls. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's fucking great. That's that's, so that's who I grew up the fuck with. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love him. I do, I do. But yeah, no, it was it was hard. Um, John, my dad, yeah, no, my like my best friend flat out fucking tried to defend me, and uh, like I had sisters and and some of my brothers that like tried to defend me as well. My dad went like a little bit. I don't want to say like extra hard and shit, but like he went a little bit harder than me on me than some of my other sub siblings because of the dynamic between him and my mom. And he was like trying to make sure that I learned shit mm -hmm. that he didn't think my mom was going to instill within me. Um, and he was hard on like my other siblings too, like by no means. Um, but it was different with me and only because yeah, that dynamic and shit. And yeah. So like my, when my friend was saying like, yeah, this is like child labor, like this would be considered illegal or whatever. Like, yeah, my dad flat out fucking laughed at him. Like it was, uh, I don't know about illegal I, in Mexico. Was, depends on where you're at. Apparently, the, the, that's that's what he said. I don't know. I'm not from. I've been to Mexico, but I've never like seen uh, that shit. So I highly don't. Yeah, nah. He uh, he was like, yeah, no. This is like the shit that I was doing was like intense. Apparently. <sighs> well, let's do our. Let's do our segments. Let's do my segments. I, I want to get to some of these. Can we get, uh, look, guys, I'm going to use this pisser again. Yeah. Go ahead. We'll, more, we'll take one more break. <laughs> and then we'll do, we'll do our unpopular pants. Alrighty, guys. And we are back for the second time. Second time. <laughs> I'm sorry. So we are Lots going to. Itty bitty wine. Yeah. But like I said, shout out to uh, High West Whiskey. Really good. Really good. Shout out to them in Utah. Um. So we're going to hit the ground running, and we're going to do... Unpopular opinions. It was a little loud, I'm sorry. No, that was right on. <laughs> Alrighty, so unpopular opinions. Russ, since you are a, our special guest... I was prepped for this, because I've listened to your other episodes. He knows! I did, I knew. <laughs> uh, so I wrote down three, and I'm going to say them in, in the order that I wrote them down to. Um, first off, I like Brussels sprouts um, without the sauce. So <laughs> what sauce? So like most people, like when you get a steak and you get the Brussels sprouts, they do like a sweet sauce that like goes on them. No, okay. Fuck that shit. I like Brussels sprouts straight up. Hmm. Russell's Brussels. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like that shit's on good. On the steak? Not on the steak, like on the side. Wow. Like, but I, I do, never, I, I cook a mean ass steak. So, but hmm. like I'll, I'll eat a, uh, I like Brussels sprouts. sprouts I've never had, I mean, I've had steak, but I've never had like a steak with like Brussels sprouts on the side. On the side? Uh, normally it's like a yeah there's like a sweet sauce that they like put on them next to the steak or whatever hmm. but like I, without this without the sauce bro like I like Brussels sprouts that's an unpopular opinion that shit good I don't give a fuck and I don't give like if y'all try to say oh well, he likes Brussels sprouts his steak must not be very good man fuck you come try my steak <laughs> I, I take pride in my steak I'm fucking beast at steak I'm really good at making some chicken I'm really good at making like some like wings I've gotten really good at like ribs and shit too like I can cook alright I can throw down um, and I will put 
my life, my mama's life, my daddy's life, like my my, my girlfriend's. The life. ranch. I will. The ranch on his. Bro, I'll put I'll put all of it on that. Like I, I got I can throw down in the kitchen. I'm not gonna say I'm like the best ever, but like I can throw down. So. You say that, but I bet you are. No, like I, no, I say that with, with pride and like I mean it. Like. Come, come try some of my cooking. What, what you guys want? I'll, I'll throw it down. Okay. Uh, fuck. I Brussels an, sprouts, bro. I had an unpopular opinion. I'm trying to remember what it was. But. See, you didn't even try to agree with me. With everybody else, you thought about it. Like, anytime somebody came up with an unpopular I, I, I've opinion. Never, I've never tried Brussels sprouts. <laughs> so, like, I can't say. Everybody else that's come on to your, your podcast, you've been like, oh, yeah, like, I kind of agree with you. Dude, or like, like I, oh, no, I don't agree with you like because I, said, I agree with everybody. But yeah, I'm, I throw you know. this down. Yeah, I listen to your see, episode. See, you know. So, like, you already know what I'm going to say, but it's like, I don't know what to say because, like, I never yeah, had Brussels sprouts. So, right, look, I'm kind I'm of, like, you stuck. A steak. I'm going to make you a steak, and I'm going to throw some Brussels sprouts on the side, and I'm going to throw some, like, some taters or some shit on the other side. So, you tell me what you think at that point. Hmm. I have to take you up on that bet. Hell yeah. Take you up. Like I said, I'm stunned. I don't know what to say. It's like, I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Brussels sprouts, bro. They go hard. Another unpopular opinion. Uh, let me see if I can come up with one. You should have been ready, bro. You do this shit every day. I I have some on my mind sometimes. Uh, girls that have tattoos on their upper chest area are red flags. That's, That's an unpopular opinion? Because they're crazy. Mm. They're usually crazy. Like I said, I, I, it's because I'm a yeah, little... Yeah, I guess just, if a girl has a tattoo on, on, like, above her chest, like, I don't take that either way. I'm just like, okay, you got Like, if I see somebody, I'm like, oh, you, you know, I'm like, oh, you're cool and this and that. And then, yeah. like, if I see that, I'm like, oh. There's a red flag there. Red flag. Is it more red flag. A, is it more of a red flag than the tramp stamp? Mm, no. I think it's... It's a little less, but I still, like... If she has a tattoo above her chest and then she has red hair, that's a double red flag. Forget about it. Forget about it. I don't even want to fuck with you. If you have red hair, that's already a red flag. That, Your hair is waving the red. Like you gotta <laughs> chill. That's an unpopular opinion. I know people that do have chest tattoos. I'm sorry, guys, but that's interesting. I just don't find it attractive. I think it's very unattractive, and what, it's, what a, it's a red flag. What, a, what if a girl has a face tattoo? Swipe left. Okay. okay yeah. Go ahead. You go ahead. I'm gonna see if I can think of another one. Um, okay, so I do love Nintendo, but Sega over Nintendo. I love Sega. Are you saying video game wise? Both. Or, okay. Straight up both. So Sega on the the console side was way ahead of their time. They were the first console. They they uh, introduced what was it? The Sega Mega, not Sega Mega Drive, a Sega Mega Modem or something along those lines. My mind's going blank on the name because I'm a little bit tipsy right now. But they were the first system and the first console to introduce uh, online gameplay. They weren't the first console to introduce online. That's not what I'm saying. But online gameplay, playing one player versus another, player versus player. They were the first ones to do that. Um, other consoles like the Famicom and shit, they had, um, they, they did have, uh, online activity, uh, like you could check your stocks, you could check your bank account, you could, uh, bet on horse races and things like that. But the Sega was the first one to introduce something that allowed you to play a video game against another video game. 
Sega has always been ahead of their time when it comes to the consoles. The Dreamcast is my favorite console, and I understand that they failed. And anybody out there, oh no, Sega failed. This is all semantics. This is all semantics. No, if it weren't for fucking Sega, you wouldn't have the shit that you have today, okay? Um, The Sega Dreamcast, for real. The second Dreamcast uh, was the first one to have like some type of mobile game connect to their main game. If you remember, you could pull out the memory card and you could upload certain games to the memory card and you could play them. And that same game data would then transport back to your game at your home console. That's shit that they're just now doing today with um, with the switch and with like the PSP connecting to or the PS Vita connecting to uh, PlayStation and stuff like that. Sega did that back in 1990-fucking-nine, all right? Fuck y'all, okay? Um, And Sega, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this one, but I'm pretty sure Sega was the first one with the Dreamcast to also have a modem built into the system, so allow online gameplay built actually directly into the system. It wasn't like a third-party thing that you needed to buy. Um, Sega was just always ahead of the time, bro. Like, they, they they were just... That was their downfall. That was ultimately a part of their downfall. Is they, they everything that they introduced, it was just it was too early. Like the the people weren't ready for it. See, and this shit, I didn't even know. Right, I know. You, you just opened my third eye, bro. That's what I'm saying. Sega. Oh my god, Sega for life. Sega. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> Sega for life. Uh, I don't know you, Chris, but yeah, fuck whatever you. Russ says, you know. <laughs> um, and not even just that stuff. Like I, I, I genuinely love. Um, Sega's uh, soundtracks, a lot of their music. Like, if you look at Sonic, a lot of their uh, the music for like Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, and like a lot of that stuff. Um, not even those, like Shenmue. Shenmue is a phenomenal fucking game, but the soundtracks are fucking epic. All right, they're not some little chip tune like Mario <laughs> chip tune stuff. And don't get me wrong, I love Mario, but like it's the same music repeated over and over and over again. You listen to a Sonic, a, a Sonic soundtrack. It's a full-on fucking band that they hired. You listen to their fucking soundtracks. They're full-on fucking bands. They're shredding on the goddamn guitar, bro. They're shredding on that fucking shit. It's real Some, music, It's something bro. that Sega had that Nintendo didn't. And it's Sega fucking- does when Nintendo's. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying... They had okay. Michael Jackson do a Sonic soundtrack. Bro. He did the music for, I think it was Sonic 2. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, Unofficially, so, but I mean, no, you, can obviously, you can obviously tell. So, yeah, no, just Sega ahead of its time. Sega better than Nintendo. I understand Nintendo is still around and Sega failed, but um, that was unfortunate marketing and that was them that was them being ahead of their time they were dropping shit that just the people were not fucking ready for like they were doing online shit like they were they were paving the way for shit that we have now that we we wouldn't have this shit if it weren't for them so fucking sega bro sega 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 for life sega for life damn okay let's see if i can come up with an unpopular opinion you know what I do this every episode. We're gonna we're gonna go to Reddit. We're gonna, we're gonna go to Reddit. We're gonna go to Reddit. Right. <sighs> While I'm looking for unpopular opinions, guys. Like I said, thank you for listening. It means a lot. If you made it this far, I mean, me and Russ have just been just straight talking the gabagool. We're just putting everything: comics, whiskey, his life. Amazing. I mean, it, like I said, he. That's why I wanted to have him on because it's a very interesting individual, and just. I mean, you've done a lot of things, a lot of awesome things, dude, that not, people wouldn't have done in their lifetime. 
So it's like it's it's I had to, yeah, no, it's just if if there's something you want to do, you have to pursue it. You can't I don't believe in a belief I don't, I don't like the word belief either, but um there's no such thing as, as luck. Like if there's something you want, you gotta put yourself in the position to get it. So you just go do it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean same can go with me like I could have just stuck just being by myself, just mm-hmm. talking. But I was like, no, I think I want to. I want to do. I want to do more. Right. I mean, reach out to these people, right. people that I didn't think I would like meet. And now, like, I, mean, I think you should do more of it too. You're good at it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reach out more, dude. I got some but people next month. If there's any way I can help, bro, I definitely want to help. Seriously, for sure, for sure, dude. Uh, let's find. I don't really see anything that's good. What, what do you look up when you go to, to Reddit? I just put unpopular opinions. I know whatever, whatever, whatever come up. Somebody, okay, here's one. Okay. Toilets don't belong in bathrooms. Where the fuck do they belong? <laughs> toilets toilets should be Isn't in there. Isn't that a bathroom? Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, it's Continue. fine. It says toilets should be in their own little space away from the shower, bathroom, and vanity. When you share a bathroom, which I'm assuming the overwhelming majority of, of us do, it's so annoying not to be able to use any of the facilities because someone in there is doing a massive shit. Then when they finally leave, they stink it up. All you want to do is brush your teeth or take a shower, but now... All their poo particles are floating around. Toilets should be in their own space like old-fashioned homes. So they think they should be outhouses, but that's still a bathroom. Well, I think essentially... I get what they're saying. I get what they're saying. Because some houses, I've seen some homes where it's like, it's it's the, was it the sink, you know, whatever. And then like the toilet is like in a little, like, like say if my room was like the restroom, that closet is where the toilet is. Kind of like Bucky's is. Like when right. you go to Bucky's, it's like, oh, it's in a little separate. Right. Right. So I think that's what they essentially mean. And I kind of, I kind of see that. Like, uh, it, I know it takes more space, and it's 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 making less space in the restroom. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't so want to go to the restroom and like brush my teeth and someone smells the, like there, shit. There are houses though that have like half baths, right? So mm-hmm. like you have the toilet and like a sink downstairs, but then you have like your shower and your actual shit upstairs. Um, but there is a bathroom connected to that, typically a toilet connected to that. Um, I don't know, man. That shit. That, yeah, that is an unpopular opinion because I don't really agree. I don't really give a fuck. Um, I mean, my girl's in there blowing it the fuck up. I love you, babe. <laughs> and uh, I, it's right next to my bat, uh, my my fucking room, like my bedroom. Like you wake me up in the morning with that shit, that literal shit. <laughs> and I don't give a fuck. I love you nonetheless. So. Uh, I'll go in and take a shower proudly after you take a dump in there. I don't give a fuck. I don't know. Um, not like I want to roll around in your shit. Let's be very fucking clear about Dude, this. There are some people that like just, like the smell of people, other people's shit. That's people so are into scat. That that is fucking weird. I'm not trying to get into that. I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying. Like, look, bro. You, you take a dump. It goes into some water. You have. You are a wonderful person. You have a bidet up in that bitch. That's you another. That's that's an that's an unpopular opinion that look, probably bro, should I've be used, a popular. Yeah, no. I've used your bathroom fucking twice tonight. Nobody else has had the balls to walk into your bathroom, bro. You have a bidet. A but and, and yes. the reason why they have a bidet is because they don't want people like using like. So look, we should not you be know. afraid to talk about these types of things. My girl got me into the squatty potty. You familiar with that? Yeah. 
Yeah, you got you put your feet up and you can get into a squat position because it's the natural natural way to take a shit and it cleans you out a lot better. Bruh, let's talk about this. I need let's the squatty potty. Shit. <laughs> I need the squatty potty and the bidet combo. That's what I need right there. I didn't even know like squaday or something like that. Squaday. The squaday. <laughs> oh for it. But no, I really believe hundred percent there should be a bidet in every, every American bathroom. home. Every American home. It cleans your ass. I've never done it. I didn't try it. Saves yours. you money on I've toilet only, paper. I've only saves pissed. you money on wipes. Cleans it out better. You don't have that residue, that mm. paper left over. It, it's, it's boom. Look, bro, I don't have to take a shit in your house, but the next time I have to take a shit, can I come over? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You can use Allow the Allow me to try this at least one time. I need to know. I think I one of, I think when we first got in here, she tried the bidet and she was like, oh, like she got scared. But when I tried, I was like, oh, this is nice. It's That's nice. It. Yeah. I'd rather, i rather use a bidet over toilet paper bro, or even wipes. For okay. sure. It's saving you money, bro. I don't blame you. I need to try this. I don't know. And you can buy bidets, I think, like, the little add-ons at, like, Target and shit like that. Walmart. Oh, shit. Is that what you have? I think that's a little add-on. I think you can get that, like, at Home Depot. So, when you bought this place, it had the bidet. Yeah, when we, like, when we, no when we rented it out, it, it was already it in was there. It was already in there. Like I said, they essentially... changed your life. I never used the bidet before I even got to this apartment. Bro. So. And now you, that's all you use. I'm fucking French. The French use bidets. Bruh. No wonder they don't stink. Bro. Okay. No, I, I've only had to take two pisses since I've been here, um, but I have not had to take a shit, and I still don't have to take a shit. But I'm going to eat some Taco Bell. I'm going to come back through. <laughs> I've done the Taco Bells, so I've done the Taco Bells. Uh, is it my turn um, or your turn? My turn. I got, I got one more for you. Right. Um, so, like, I was preparing for this shit, like, before um, I had linked up with you because I knew that you did this, and I had thought of, like, it was like 10 that came to mind. And now like when I wrote them down finally today, um, I can only think of three, but this is the last one that I got on my list um, right now. And if we ever talk again, I'll, I'm sure I'll come up with more. Uh, but I, all right. So on the music tip, I hate little, or hates a strong word. I dislike Lil Wayne, Drake and Post Malone. I don't like all three of them. So is Allow me to explain. Okay. Because I understand that, uh, that a lot of people would get very fucking offended by this. Um, Lil Wayne, I do not like his vocals. Drake, I I liked him when I was in high school uh, when he was still doing Degrassi shit. And then he got linked up with Lil Wayne. And then he started doing that wheezy sound based off of, uh, off of Lil Wayne. And once he started doing that shit... It's the same reason why I don't like Lil Wayne. I don't like that voice. Like it, it's, I I respect what Lil Wayne and Drake have done for the hip hop culture. I respect what they have done for the music community. It's nothing about what they've done. It's literally their voices. I do not fucking like. And that shit comes on the fucking radio. It comes on a playlist or some shit like that. I am no longer vibing. That shit is annoying as shit. I do not like their voices. I'm sorry, guys respect what they've done for the fucking community don't like their fucking voices there's nothing they can do about that is, I'm guessing Drake can apparently do something about that because he didn't used to have that but he chooses not to he wants that fucking wheezy sound it's annoying as shit shut the fuck up <laughs> I'm guessing that's the same for Post Malone you just don't like his vocals either no actually so Post Malone is a different situation that's why I saved him separate um, Post Malone he came to House of Blues and I have a pet peeve, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. 
And if you cannot fucking perform, if all you do is walk around back and forth on stage and you don't really fucking move, what the fuck is the point of me being at your fucking show? And I understand that there are people that have never been to a show before and they go to that and they're like, oh shit, this was so fucking cool. But the, you're, you're ignorant. And I don't mean that in the sense of an insult. You are ignorant. You do not know. The word of ignorant means that you do not know and you can be educated. When you go to a show, you should expect to see an actual live performance. And you know what? I'll throw another artist into that. And this artist is somebody, an artist that I actually do love, um, but I hate his live performances, and that's Isaiah Rashad. So love Isaiah Rashad's uh, uh, music, but I dislike him as a performer for the same reasons I dislike Post Malone. And with Post Malone, I'm going to start with that one specifically, his opener out-fucking-performed him. His opener came out, jumped in onto the fucking barricade, stood on the fucking barricade, hyped the goddamn crowd up, Who's got into the crowd. I don't remember it now, to be honest with you. And that's unfortunate. I should fucking remember. I really should, because I liked him more. Um, but he got into the fucking crowd. Like, he hyped the fucking crowd up, bro. Like, he brought the fucking energy. He brought the show. He's the one that set the precedence. He's the one that, like, once Post Malone came out, the reason why everybody was so hyped for Post Malone is because of him. Shout out to this dude. Dude, if you're listening to this fucking podcast and you were the opener for Post Malone in fucking Houston, Texas, at House of Blues, whenever the fuck that was. That was several years ago at this point. Bro, shout out to you. You you fucking killed it you got down to the barricade you jumped onto the fucking barricade like not into the barricade you were he stood on the fucking barricade and was like hyping people up and shit right so like brought the fucking energy i loved it and then post malone came out and he just walked over to one side and you singing this little fucking song and he walked over to the other side he was thinking no fucking energy no fucks given he was just like i'm fucking post malone y'all gonna fucking love me just because of the fuck i am and i will say on on Post Malone's benefit, like, uh, if you look at uh, his live performances, like, on, like, The Tonight Show or, like, some shit that he did at the Grammys or some fucking shit like that, he brings more energy to those shows than he does to his actual fucking shows. So, if you see him live, he's fucking boring as shit. He sucks. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Don't be he's sorry. A good performer. Like... I... Was it for Free Press... I think he was one of the performers. Boring as shit, I bet. I didn't even want to go see him. I was Bro. like, Post Malone. Bro. Fuck that. He, uh, yeah, no, he just, he doesn't bring the energy. So on, on the Isaiah Rashad tip, I love Isaiah Rashad's music, but he doesn't understand what it means to be a performer. I've been to uh, uh, his last performance at Warehouse Live. The dude ended his fucking set doing three covers of Kendrick Lamar. You didn't even do your fucking music. I hate the shit of fucking artists. And I had this. I, I, I look. All right. So I'm going to be I'm going to be blunt. And I'm actually going to say some names here. Go ahead. And I hope that I don't get into trouble for this shit. Um, so Trey, the truth, bro. I fucking love you. Uh, you've come to House of Blues and you've handled your shit. And you've done really well. However, uh, there was a time when he was opening up for I believe it was Snoop Dogg. And he brought his entire entourage. This is a Snoop Dogg show. This is not a Trey the Truth show. He and I actually got into it a little bit because he wanted to bring his entire 30 fucking plus people onto stage. And we do not have the capacity to hold that many people backstage. And he needed to be in another area. 
Um, I told him that his people could be up there, that the performance was for him and people were here for Snoop Dogg and this was Snoop Dogg's show and the tour manager, I didn't speak to Snoop Dogg directly, but the tour manager had told me that this is what they wanted and this is how it's going to run because this is their show and this is what they've asked me to do. I'm the stage manager. This is the, the one I'm going to provide. So I worked out a whole fucking deal and I was like, bro, your, your people can stay upstairs and like you can come out and do the show and you can have your DJ and such. Um, I'm getting onto this and, and this this scenario with uh, Trey because um, he he is very it's something I both respect, love, and hate, and it's the sense of like, okay, I made it. I want my people to be there with me. I can respect and I can love that. The flip side of that though is that the, everybody out in that crowd, the people that paid your, your for the ticket, the people that are paying you to be here, the reason why you are here is because they're here to see you. I don't give a shit about all these other people that you have. I can love and respect the idea of wanting to have your people there with you because you made it, they made it. I love and respect that. But that's not why the audience is there. And the audience is there to see you. So you are there as a performer and you need to act as such. You are there to provide a certain experience. Having 30 fucking plus people on stage with you that are just going to stand there and that's vibe out and not do it. Not, they're not doing anything. You're walking back and forth on stage. You're not really bringing any fucking energy. You're not really doing anything. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to like just say Trey because like I do love Trey. He's like him. And um, Devin the Dude are my two favorite Houston artists. I absolutely love him. And Trey, since then, since this incident, has come to House of Blues. And um, he he did his own show there. And he really handled his fucking shit. And I really appreciate him. So I'm not trying to, like, at all talk negative on this man. Him and uh, his people. Um, easy. Um, sorry to say your name, bro. I don't know if you really give a fuck or not. But, uh, like, y- y'all, y'all are good people. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to, like say anything negative um but just in that in that scenario and in that situation specifically there caused some some tension between us and i'm just like bro you need to go do the job that you're hired to do type deal and uh he and i had some words and after that show he ended up actually like coming up to me and i don't know if it's because he spoke to somebody else or like what have you um he realized that like i was just trying to do my fucking job and like i was there for a certain reason um but on that same sense with Isaiah Rashad bringing everybody. That's what he did. He had a video wall. He had a DJ and he brought everybody out on stage for his entire set. And all he did was walk back and forth on stage and just like, I could have heard your fucking music in the damn car. You didn't do anything fucking different. And again, this is an artist that I absolutely fucking love. So same thing with Trey. Like I absolutely love, I look up to these artists. Like I'm not trying to come off in like a fucked up way but you're not providing the best experience for your fans in those scenarios. Right. And your fans are the reason why you're where the fuck you're at. So do something special for them. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Did I, did I go on? That totally, that totally fucking makes sense. Okay. That totally fucking makes sense. And you know what? That was an unpopular opinion that somebody actually had. It was talking about concerts. Hold on. Uh, where was Bring it up. At? Someone says concerts are an app. <laughs> Concerts, concerts, <laughs> concerts are the absolute worst way to spend your money on. And the reason why they say is, oh, yo, no, fuck you. They can be expensive. Singers usually don't sing as good as when you listen to them on Spotify. Huge cues to meet famous people, which is ordinary. Blah 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 blah. Usually, you're never meet them. 
Some concerts go for long, blah, 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 blah. So all of that can be true, but if the artist actually provides a legitimate experience for them, then it defaults all of that shit that you just said. And I've gone to shows where it's, I'm fucking glad I spent money on them. Right. I mean, fuck. Right. I mean, dude, I... Look at, like, okay, not to just shout out my boy Dende, but there's there's some local Houston artists, and this is also why I say fuck with your local scene, because they give a fuck about what they're they're providing you. At Dende at this last show, bro, this man brought a fucking stripper out for his shit and got a lap dance during his fucking show, like, shook some ass on that shit. Like, he provided a fucking experience that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Shout out to Two Raw. Um, and I don't mean like, okay, sorry to all my other friends, like where people, there are a lot of people that put on really good show. Mark show, Mark drew, you put on a really fucking good show. Shout out to Mark. Yeah. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't want to sit here and go through all the artists that do put on a really good show, but I'm going to highlight Dende and two raw specifically because two raw, he was the first artist, local artist that I ever met that he like he throws candy out at his fucking shows and because it's just his thing like he throws candy out at his shows he gets if there's nothing to fucking stand on he'll fucking find something to stand on like and i, I will say also cringe uh for that matter i really fuck with this artist named cringe cringe you meet him in person he bro he's fucking quiet He's chill. He's like this little, just like, yeah, man, like, I like this, like, artist. I like this type of music or whatever. He gets on fucking stage, bro. He's an entirely different goddamn person. That dude rocks the fucking stage. Cringe, you rock the fucking stage when you're on that bitch. Like, brings a hold it, like, without the fucking band, he's rocking on that shit. Like, he's getting the crowd fucking hype. He gets into the middle of the crowd. He gets people to sing along with him. He's one of the only artists as well that, like, he interacts with his fans and stuff and like he'll he paid the way for an artist from another fucking or not an artist but a fan from another fucking state to come out and and he ended up shooting a music video with a fan just because the fan was like i really fuck with you like whatever and he ended up i don't know if he did a competition i don't know how he did that shit um but yeah this this fan ended up being in like a fucking music video and shit like how many times do you get an artist that gives a fuck like that, right? Like, Not many. Exactly, exactly. So, like, your local scene, bro, like, people don't sleep on your local scene. It's not just Houston, like, Denver, Colorado, like, uh, California, wherever the fuck you're at. Even if you're in Wyoming, I promise you, I promise you, there's somebody out there that gives a fuck about what the fuck they're doing, and they're really good at it, so. I love local shows, dude. Like, I, yeah. I'm a big, big advocate for local shows, support local artists, you know, like I said, I've had Janex, I've had Camera Colt, I've had Uncle Tino. I've Camera had, Colt, Uncle Tino's live as fuck too. Dude, I saw Tino for the first time, like, do his show. Was that that warehouse, uh, or no, White Oak show? I was, yeah, I was, did you, we dude, ran into, yeah, yeah. I told Tino, like, up front, I'm like, dude, you're a great, like, like lead band. Like, you. Uncle Tino and the fucking nephews, bro. I died laughing when I just heard the fucking name. Like, I knew it was Uncle Tino. I didn't know he had the nephews. Like, that shit was hilarious. I love it. I mean, he, dude, he... I told him, like, when he was at the show, I'm like, dude, you're a great, like, front man. Like, you control the stage. You make everybody laugh. You hype everybody up. Right. You're, I told him, and he was just, like, kind of like, oh, thank you. I know he was kind of, like, shy about it, but I'm like, dude, you fucking killed it up there. Camera Cult too. I mean, Ricky... Kills it, right, right? He brings the energy, and I like I said, you can get that at like a regular show, like if you go see somebody at House of Blues or White right. But local shows, oh, dude, if they, they if they fucking care about their music, they're gonna fucking they're show gonna you they care about show. it. Right, right, hundred percent, hundred percent. 
I do have to say, because, um, like, I do need to preface, because I've said the few names and shit. Like, to my homies out there and shit, like, if I talk to you, and if I give you the time of day, and I've hit, if I've hit you up, or, like, if I'm just talking to you in general, like, know that I absolutely fuck with you. If I didn't say your name on this, I'm sorry. There's too many of you, but, like, I really, really do fuck with you guys. Like, if I'm talking to you, I fuck with you. So... Um, or if I have talked to you, if I've had you on a show at all, like I fuck with you. Um, are we going on to the next segment? Because I know what your next segment is. Yeah, I don't have any more. Unpo- well, maybe I. No, I don't have any unpopular. Um, yeah, let's go into the next segment, which is. What are you listening to? What that. are you listening to? Thank you, Chris Stapleton. <laughs> He is endorsed by this point. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but yeah, what are you listening to? So, Russell, since you are our so special guest, go ahead, dude. You already you already know. I don't even gotta say it. I will say uh, I am working on. So I, I know that you you have your own playlist um, for high productions. I'm working on creating a playlist on Spotify as well, specifically for them. That is nothing but Houston artists, and it's uh, all genres: punk, country, rock death metal um because there are bands that i know within that shit i just haven't worked with them just yet um hip-hop r&b all that shit um i'm working on building that up right now and uh i will be releasing that so i'm not gonna say any houston artists local artists um artists that i'm listening to right now i had to bring up my my spotify of course but uh dominic fike and i've been jamming him for a couple of years now um, I fucking love Dominic Fike. That dude is like one of the future like artists and shit. Like he, he's super fucking dope. He's gained a lot of popularity. Um, there's another artist named DJ O. So DJ O, if you're familiar, have you watched Stranger Things? Uh, yes. So the original boyfriend, the one that becomes like the guy that works in the ice cream shop. Yes. He's the lead singer of this band. Okay. DJ O is fucking amazing. Go look up DJO. They're like uh, electronic, but they're the full fucking band. Like, I would not say like Tame Impala, um, but like electronic and still like vibey and shit. I just, DJO is fucking dope as fuck. Um, another artist, Kyle Dion, uh, Masego. Um, Kyle Dion dropped an album kind of semi recently that was really fucking good. Um, Yubba. Yeba is hella fucking live as well, along with uh, when you talk to Dende, he said this one as well, but Smino. I, lo- I absolutely love Smino. So there's a, a bunch of artists that I've been listening to. Um, those those artists are pretty much on like daily playlists for me at the moment. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and then a bunch, of, a bunch of Houston artists, but you guys are going to have to wait for the playlist for that. So for me, I've been skipping around here and there. I've been just... I think really what I've been on is a lot of f- playlists, but a lot of funky... Playlists is the future, bro. People fuck with playlists. A lot of funky stuff. So I don't know if you've heard of BreakBot. I have not. So BreakBot is kind of like... If Daft Punk is... the, If they're the Jesus... Or no, if they're the god oh, sure. of French house music or French music in general... Um, and Justice is kind of like the Jesus. Breakbot is kind of like a disciple. So he's he's he does a lot of samples. He does Justice, a lot of, the the, the hip hop artist, the group Justice. The group. Okay, they're like 
they're they're like they're kind of like Daft Punk, but they're got you. They're I guess you can say they're a disciple. They're disciples of Daft. All Punk. right, I need you to send me those. Are they on your playlist? I think I have some on my my the podcast playlist. Um, I'll have to send you some stuff. Send it to me. Send so Breakbot, I I don't know how I found no. So he had like this big song maybe about like six years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of on TikTok. Everybody uses on TikTok, but. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of dove into like the house French house music scene. He does a lot of stuff like that. Been listening to him. Mm. What really fucking sucks, and I it, it sucks for me, but it doesn't suck is that this past Friday when I went to go see Nico and Rena's at, at the, over here at Ronin, right? He was doing a U.S. small U.S. tour, and he was supposed to be performing in Austin. And I was like. Should I go there or should I go support the homies? But I'm like, right, that's hard. I was say. like, ooh, but like he rarely comes to the states. If he rarely comes to the states, I'm sorry to the homies. But then like you're gonna get to see the homies again. I'm sorry to the homies. <laughs> but if it's a rare situation like that, like like if FKJ was in the states, like oh, yeah. I'm gonna go see FKJ. Like I'm gonna go see him. Yeah, yeah, like this is gonna happen. Another another couple people. A lot of been local people. Like I said, I've been listening to uh, Nico's album, which was yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. What's all right? What's your favorite track off of Nico's album? Since we're talking about him, fuck, dude. I don't just 20, everything. Twenty three and me. I think mental. I think mental is my favorite mental? one. Let's Actually, you know what? I'm gonna pull it up right now. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna fuck because if he's if he's listening to this, I, I, <laughs> he better be listening to this. So I'll listen to his episode. Leaves in the wind is a really good. Leaves one. Leaves in the wind is at the top of my list too, though. Mental. Yeah. Uh, everything that he performs live. Yeah. Kill twenty three and me. Kill is at Hosanna. The, I, I at the end was really I think good. Twenty three me and and kill are probably my my two favorites. Dude, I, watching Nico, like I can see him, like. Doing big shit and just like yeah. me, like being a spectator, like hundreds of people away yeah. and just watching them. I'm like, dude, this guy is going somewhere. Yeah. This guy's gonna go. He's got great music. He's got the hype. He cares about what he thinks. He cares about his music. Yeah, people go and support. I mean, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, he's I, I, super dope. What this dude to fucking you need to make come. It? Uh, look again. It's too many names for me to really fucking go through. But come to my next show on the 28th. Um, at, at my spot um, There's some really dope artists there too That really give a fuck about their shit And like I'm gonna have to send some more people your way Yeah dude fuck um, Not that Nico doesn't deserve everything that you just said Like he absolutely fucking does There's, there's a lot of dope artists And there's a lot of people that like, I really fucking uh, fuck with I was listening to Rocky's stuff too So Rocky Banks Rocky yeah, Banks yeah. Banco Banco I was listening to a lot of his good shit too Just Just you know, you listen to that through the phone, through the phone. Everybody swear they and like a dude. I, when I interviewed him, he's just so, he's just so cool. Yeah, no, nah, he's chill as fuck. He's one of the. So I, I reposted something from Dende, and I think I reposted something from him. And those were like the only two that I reposted. And it's not because what everybody else said like didn't matter, but um, Rocky. The reason why I reposted hit what something he said is because like he went deep. Bro, like in his conversation with you, and I wasn't expecting it. And when I was listening to, it, I wasn't like ready for what like, what he was saying. But like, um, it was something along the lines of like, um, not everybody understands like what that local artist and like the startup like comes goes through and like the shit that you need to do and the shit that you need to deal with. Like, he spoke from the heart and he was uh, very real about it. And it was some real ass shit. So, I had to repost that. 
Yeah, man. I mean, just, I mean, like I said, all of them. Yeah. All of them. I mean, they're good people. Like, like, dude, I didn't artist even, artistry even set aside. They're good people. Right. Yeah. And they're just, like you said, they're just normal people. They're cool. Just I mean, that's, that's the truth for, for all artists. And a lot of people have like the state of mind to like separate themselves from a lot of that shit. And you can't have your egotistical artists and shit like that. But like some of the most like cool down to earth conversations I've ever had. And like the, the, the insight that I've gotten into the industry and stuff have came from like some really big artists. So like, um, I'm going to give like a couple of examples. Um, so some 41, they've been to house of blues a few times and like their drummer and, uh, like a couple of them, a couple of times had like pulled me to the side and they saw me like reading while I was on the freight elevator at the time before I was even a stage manager or doing anything else. And I'm like, Hey, what are you reading? And like they asked me about what the fuck was going on with my shit. And at that time I was like just getting into shows and stuff and they actually gave a fuck about like what I was doing. I was like, you're fucking some 41, bro. I grew up on you. Are you fucking kidding me? Like you're sitting here asking me and like, I'm keeping my composure. Cause like you can't kick out and shit. Like, right. You're backstage. Like you're part of the crew and shit. It's not appropriate. Um, so I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm reading this book. It's about entrepreneurial shit. And I was reading a book at the time called E-Myth and I was talking to him just about that book. And like, they were just super fucking down to earth about it and shit. And like, just really fucking cool. Um, Another, uh, I mean, there's, there's a number of like, and I'm blessed. I am blessed. There's some number of, uh, really interesting conversations I've had, but, um, uh, why is my line go blank on me right now? Um, Oh shit. See, that's that whiskey hitting me right now. Um, <laughs> uh, old school hip hop, uh, rap group. Um, uh, why is my mind going blank on me right now? I hate that my mind's fucking going blank on me because it's gonna fucking piss me off right now. Um, because it's like on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, you when that happens, like uh, on the tip of my tongue. Um, old school. You said hip hop, rap. Um, like they like they go to Scout Bar normally, but they came to House of Blues one time. Um. Oh shit. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Thank you. Okay. Fucking Christ! I can't believe I can't remember that. Um, so not all of them were at that show at House of Blues. Um, but I think it was, uh, I don't want to miss, I don't want to misquote myself, um, or misquote anything or say who it was that spoke to me necessarily like that. Cause then I might get in trouble if I say the fucking wrong thing. So I'm just going to say a couple of the members from Bone Thugs and Harmony. So when they came to House of Blues, um, I was the stage manager at that point in time and they were super late and it was legitimately out. Like there's sometimes when like a band is late and you know that they're bullshitting you. Oh, my bus broke down or whatever the fuck happened. Nah, bitch. Like you was chilling or something and like you made yourself late, but bone thugs, like they legitimately had like a, a bus breakdown or something like that. And, um, so they were super late and I needed to get them on stage. My job is the stage managers to make everything go on fucking time because I have staff that I need to get off. There's the rest of the venue that's relying on me to get the shit on and off on time. And, uh, their DJ, he comes up and he's like, Oh, I'm going to go, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be out there in like one second. I just need to go to the bathroom. Like go to the fucking bathroom, get the fuck on stage. Like you guys are on my time at this point. Like, fuck that. You're on my time. Yeah. I need you on stage. And uh, he goes to the bathroom, and then, like, fucking five minutes go by. I'm like, it doesn't take that long to go fucking piss. Fuck that shit. 
So I go into the green room. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you need to be on stage. He's sitting there pouring up a fucking drink. He's like, oh, man, I'm just chilling. And like, I'll be out there in a second. We'll roll some shit. No, get the fuck on stage right now. I will bring you a fucking drink. I don't care if you fucking drink on stage. I need you on there now. You're eating up my fucking time. I need you to get the fuck out there. DJ, oh, okay, okay, I'm going to go out there. So he goes out there and he finally gets on the fucking stage. He's like, oh, you didn't even talk to me like what that. I bring him a fucking drink. I, I hold up my end of the fucking shit. Here's the fucking, I walk it out on the stage. Here's the fucking drink and shit. After the show, a couple of the members uh, pull me to the side. And this is like, bro, this was surreal as fuck. Like, it didn't even like register to me because like everything that like happened in that night. There was a bomb threat that night. Like I had to look for a fucking bomb physically myself. Um, some crazy shit happened that night. What? At a bone fucks the harmony show? So they were so late. It was it was a prank call. It was it was oh, that somebody was mad that they weren't on, on 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 time. Um that's what it was, but like the fact that they asked me to like physically search for a fucking bomb backstage, like I knew what the fuck a bomb looked like, um, really pissed me off. So like I was hyped up on like so much other shit that happened that night. And that's not even the craziest shit that's happened to me. And I don't want to give House of Blues a bad name, but like Shit happens, bro. Like, you, you deal with some thuggery shit, like, shit fucking happens. Um, but, yeah, in that situation, like, a bomb threat happened. And so I was, like, hyped up off that shit. And they pulled me to the side. And they were, like, straight up, bro. Like, they pulled me aside. And they, like, call me. And they're, like, man, it's it's really cool that you, you spoke to us in that way. They're, like, I just want to let you know, like, you're doing your fucking thing. Like, keep doing that. Not everybody's got the balls to talk to us that way. Like if something needs to happen, you're handling your shit. We see you handling your shit. Like keep fucking doing it. And like, it didn't register until after the conversation happened. I was like, they just fucking gave me props. Like bone thugs and fucking harmony group that I fucking grew up on. Like, are you like, seriously? Like they just pulled me to the side and told me like, Props to you for like getting us in check. Like seriously, um, what got me onto this conversation? I don't even fucking know. <laughs> I don't. Know. At, at this point, it was something I, you said. I don't even remember. But yeah, no, it's it's some very surreal fucking moments I've happened. Dude, I'm sure. pretty sure that most of the shows that I went to at House of Blues, you were probably like just getting them going. I've it's I've seen. The sta- shout out to the stage managers. Bro. Shout out, dude. I mean, every time I've gone to a House of Blues show. On point. Like, I've seen Panic at the Disco there, oh, yeah. 21 Pilots, mm-hmm. Robert DeLong. Uh, <laughs> who else did I see? I've seen a couple other people. But there, I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of fuck shit that's happened at House of Blues, too, and like shit that's gone sideways. Um, like, the shit that happened with uh, Tentacion and him getting jumped, that was at House of Blues Houston. Um, there's, there's been some, some, some crazy shit and stuff, and there's, there's some stupid stuff that you that you have to deal with from time to time. Like th- this industry is not meant for everybody. Mm. Like, the shit that you deal with. So, um, yeah, shout out to the fucking crews, not just the stage managers, but your, your, your audio engineers, your, your LDs, your they do a directors, lot. Like, they do a your, your lot, stage man. hands, like, um, the people that really fucking make the show happen. Like shout out to them for sure. Yeah, man. That, a lot goes behind the scenes that people don't know. I mean, people, like you said, just buy a ticket and just go, mm-hmm. I like to think of like the whole behind the scenes. I'm like, how does how did, how did, how they're they doing so much, man? They're doing so much. Shout out to them. Shout out to everybody that does, does this shit because it's yeah. it's not like you said, it's not for everybody. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's long fucking hours. That shit's hard. Like on average, you're working over 17 hours. Like it's fucking hard. The pay fucking typically sucks. Like it's a uh, y- you do it definitely because you love it. So 
Shout out to those people. Well, Russell, it's coming to the end. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even, I don't even got to tell you, you know, just go ahead and just plug that in. Plug? Plug, um, plug yourself, dude. Plug so, if you want to follow me specifically uh, at Russ Reinhardt on Instagram, Instagram is what I'm mostly on. I'm sorry to uh, any of you young listeners out there that's on the TikTok and the Twitters and all that shit. No, I don't fuck with that shit. Um, Facebook, Instagram, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, you can follow Comic Cave Podcast at Comic Cave Podcast on Instagram and YouTube if you want to hear about um, comic related stuff. We do have a lot of cool stuff coming up with Comic Palooza. Um, we have a lot of cool interviews with local shops and artists and uh, people influenced by comics. I got to plug all that. And we do giveaways if you like comics and um, toys and figures and collectibles and all that type of stuff. Go check out Comic Cave Podcast. There's some big announcements coming for uh, coming on that stuff soon. Uh, also, my page, Flight Concerts. Uh, it's a touring based company. And we fuck with like a lot of local artists and stuff like that. So if you're in Houston, Austin, New Orleans, uh, anything like that, go check out Flight Concerts, uh, Facebook, Instagram, not on Twitter, um, <laughs> a bunch of other stuff. Also not on TikTok, but mostly Facebook and Instagram on this stuff, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, also, Hive Productions. Hive Productions does the projection mapping and currency. Currency turn key production so every need that you would need for putting on your own event uh, you can go look up Hive Productions they will help you um, put on your own events and we have a venue that we work with Free Gallant um, dope dope spot Northside Houston they're also a label and they have some dope artists uh, with them and they happen to open uh, own the space that we work out of so Hive Productions Free Gallant and then um uh, last but not least, Dende. Um, since I do represent him, um, there are some other artists that I'm possibly considering representing, but I got to shout out my boy Dende since I am uh, the agent for him, and he's uh, super fucking dope, and he's doing shows in New York, Atlanta, uh, Colorado, California. Actually, Colorado. I don't know if he did Colorado, but um, Atlanta and Houston, Austin, New Orleans, uh, all over. We got him in shows all over the U.S., and uh, he's doing big things, so keep your eye out on Dende. Um, again, Russ Reinhardt, check me out. Check them out. Check all that out. And if nobody was paying attention that was to that, all of that will be in the bio um, down below and everything in the comments. But like I said, Russ, thank you, dude, for coming on. Like I said, it, no, man, I, I appreciate you doing the shit that you do. I mean, I really like I said, enjoy your, your I, podcast. It's I, I, I really appreciate that, dude. Like I said, you. You like, I have other people that mention like my podcast, like oh yeah, listen to it. But you, as another podcaster, mm -hmm. you you're like yeah, it's good, and then you like you give me props, and essentially that's that's, that's all we're looking for, right? You know, mm -hmm. and it, like I said, I appreciate you. I appreciate you like reaching out to me, and like I said, I, it's it's great like this path that we're on. Like right. it's like it's supposed to happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean. The stuff that's happened to me early in the year and stuff that's happened last year, it's it's kind of everything's led up to this, mm. and then just certain things that are happening in There's the next in the past couple months. I've heard I've, I've heard some some ideas that you have, and I'm I, like I can't wait to see. Yeah, you dude, like I, I'm excited for us to like to work together and just like start have this great friendship. So, yeah. like I said, thank you for coming on, dude. It means a lot. Like I said, I I. I 
I had to have you on. I appreciate I it. I, I do. For um, after all the stuff that you've, you've helped me out with. and I don't normally, you know. uh, like, it, I don't know. It feels good, like, since I've talked to you. Like, we talked about both the music and the comics and stuff. And, like, normally there's a big separation uh, kind of between the two other than, like, with certain people that like both. But I don't normally get to talk about both. And we talked about both. And I, I really enjoyed it. So I mean, music and comics go hand in hand sometimes. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. They do. They do. Oh, music man. and comics go fucking hand in they hand. Go. They do. influence each other. And y'all don't even know how much, but you will soon. You will. You will. But again, thank you, Russ. Guys, like I said, if you made Where it this far. Where can they follow you, bro? What are you talking about? I mean, they can follow me at www.linktree.com. L-I-N-K.T-R. Wait, no, that's not even correct. Let's do that again. Inside the Northside Podcast, right? Yes. You that's can find me at, at Inside the Northside Podcast, all lowercase on Instagram. I am on Facebook, but I don't get on Facebook that much. Um... If you want to look for me and my other social medias, you can go to my link tree. Uh, it's www.linktr.ee slash all caps, INTNS. You can find Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You Are can you find, on YouTube as well? I have a couple of videos on YouTube. I need to start you doing You should my do some video again. stuff. You should. You're good, bro. You're I, I got to start doing that again. You can, look at, you can find the article that I uh, was recently on. You can find... What article were you on? I didn't know this. Uh, shout out HTX. Shout out HTX? I know I'm familiar with them. Okay, fucking yeah. bet. They reached out to me last last year. Hell yeah. So I that's why... Like, Is it, it... It's in your uh, Inside the North Side podcast link or... It's in the link tree. It's, it's on the link tree, tree, but I also have like a like picture of like... Yeah, no, no, no. I'm going to go read it. Um, What else is there? Uh, If you guys want to... Sub- not subscribe, but if you want to support the podcast, I have... PayPal and all that. So if you want to send a dollar, two, five dollars, go ahead. I got merch. He deserves it, guys. He definitely deserves it. Thank you. You should see this setup. This is very official. It's it's very professional. I I got I have to, if I'm gonna do something right, I gotta You're do doing it right. So I fuck with you. Yeah. If you want guys want to buy any merch, let me know. I got stickers. I got pins. I do have something else in mind for some merch, but we'll see if that that comes to fruition or not. But anyways, guys, this has been Inside the Northside Podcast. Again, Russell, thank you for coming on. This is not the last time that you will come on. We'll have you on plenty of more times, and we'll talk more comics and shit like that and more music and all that, dude. So, again, thank you, Russ. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you made it this far, as I always close, God bless. Peace. I'll see you guys later. And uh, you're going to want to check out for more updates for that special event coming on in the next couple weeks. So, all right, guys. See you later.